0: Welcome back to second and short. It is Friday, October 6th, 2023. The wild card has reached a swift close very quick, (laughs) all straight sweeps. The divisional series starts up on Saturday. We've got quite a good weekend ahead of us in the NFL and plenty, plenty of soccer to talk about. Luke, how are we feeling going into the weekend?
1: i'm I'm feeling great. Um, we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, which I, I feel like we say that every episode, but um yeah, I, I just can't wait to get into these uh dud wild card games.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're oh, interesting. Man. uh a, a very interesting wild card round. Um, yeah, now that it's the second year of this uh six teams per league in the playoff, it definitely there I have some things to say. But we'll get to yeah. that after the NFL weekend preview. Then we'll talk those MLB playoff games, Premier League weekend review or preview, uh, Champions League match day two recap, up the tune, and uh, questions time to close it out. Luke, before we get into it, um, it looks like Jonathan Taylor is back and going to play.
1: Yeah, very very excited. Um... I have uh, in one of my fantasy leagues. I have him and Zach Moss, so I'm I'm good. Whoever plays, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's interesting because like some people are trying to say that he still wants to get traded, and he said like right now I'm just committed to you know playing and and helping my teammates, which makes it sound like he's just gonna play the rest of the season, negotiate later.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I like that route. I I, I feel like um. The Colts are a new look this season and it's something that I don't think anybody really could have expected and and especially being Jonathan Taylor. So who knows, maybe, you know, watching Anthony Richardson kind of ball out and um, figure things out a little bit quicker than what people thought. um, It may kind of has, have his eyes back uh, set in Indianapolis. Maybe. Yeah. um,
0: I, I think for me, like with Jonathan Taylor, it's a matter of, you know, is, is he ready to be back? Like, has he been working while he's been gone? Like, what what has he really been doing to kind of stay in shape? Because I think we've seen it a few times where guys miss some time, they come back, and it just doesn't seem like they were really doing anything that whole time. I, I think that definitely can throw some guys off, and it has in the past. So hopefully that's not the case, and I don't even know if he'll be a part of this offense this coming week. But... Nonetheless, he's back, and we got some good games to talk about. We'll start here. Yes. Texans, Falcons. Falcons, a two point favorite, mainly just home field advantage right there, over under 41.5. And I'm going to be honest, I know I'm going to sound biased, but on paper, this matchup looks good for the Falcons.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: Yes, it does. The Falcons have a great secondary and a good pass rush. I don't want to talk about the Texans. <laughs> I've <laughs> had it. I'll gladly talk. About
1: uh, it. No, I, I will too. Um, and I, I'm, they, they look great even against the Steelers defense. That's, yeah. you know, they've had sacks and they've been able to force turnovers. I don't think the Steelers had a sack or a turnover in this game. Um, Damian Pierce finally had an electric game, but I, I am going to put a Mike Tirico and a on this game only because the Steelers are so bad against the run you saw Josh Jacobs have his first good game against the Steelers. You saw Paul Dame have his first game, good game against the Steelers. So, you know maybe it's a little bit inflated there with how bad our rush defense is. But they, I mean, despite that, they still looked absolutely phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah. That my my thing with this is like what makes it look good for the Falcons is that. The Texans' defense has not defended the run very well. Their opponents have rushed for 116.5 yards per game, and they're rushing 4.4 yards per attempt. That doesn't bode well when you're facing a backfield that is pretty efficient. Obviously, two strong runners in Bijan and Tyler Algier. If they play just honestly as good at running back as they did in, in past weeks, you know, outside of that Lions game. They've got a real shot at winning this game.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, that's a good point. You know, Najee Harris has been super slow um, to start the season, and even he had a good game against Houston. Uh, 14 carries, 71 yards is, is pretty damn good. 71 yards and only 14 carries. Um, and, and you know, to your point, you are right. Bijan, um, Bijan's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, last game, he only had 14 carries, but he's still got triple digits. Um... And the Falcons still, you know, uh, defensively showed off their good run defense. So it's not a game that bodes well for Damon Pierce, that's for sure. And it's also not a game that bodes well for the Texans' rush defense.
0: Yeah, definitely not. But to me, like, if the Falcons want to win, they got to reduce Desmond Ritter's role a little bit to either doing as little as possible or making him the backup quarterback. That's the only way that we win games now, that we win games down the road, is – don't let him do anything. Honestly, that's yeah. that's what I've resorted to.
1: I, th- I think you said it best, um, not the last podcast, but the podcast before you and Colin talked about it. Um, Desmond Ritter is very much playing like a quarterback who has everything to lose, which he does. Yeah. He-, he truly does. Taylor Heineke, though, does not. And he's never played like he's had anything to lose um, in really any situation he's ever been in, which I think is why... You know, despite his talent, he's always able to find ways to um have his offense compete in games. Yeah. And maybe that's exactly what the Falcons need. I-, I think it is. Um you know, someone who doesn't have anything to lose is gonna be able to throw the ball down the field more. Um and not be, you know, too scared to check the ball down to Bijan. Um so I-, I like what you said. I think Taylor Heineke definitely needs this job.
0: I, I think so, but for Texas if they want to win, I think on defense, you've got to cut off the run as much as possible and pressure Desmond Ritter at every chance you get. I think the Falcons are going to get, they're going to try and get the ball out of Ritter's hands quickly as possible because I, I laid out the stats on on Wednesday's episode, but he's been statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the league when it comes to essentially doing everything a quarterback's supposed to do, um, which isn't surprising at all. Um, Yeah. But like the guy, every time he drops back, there's just a chance he's going to fuck it up every single time. And I think obviously that bodes well for Texas or uh, Houston, but I I don't know. I, I think on offense, it's just a matter of let CJ do his thing. You know, he's been doing it all right this season. So For sure. if you just keep letting him do it, then you're going to do pretty well. It's going to be up to the defense.
1: Yeah, and, you know, to kind of add to that, um, maybe if you're the Texans, I-, I think your key to beating the Falcons would be taking the lead early because then that would limit what the Falcons can do um, in their run game. Um, the ball is going to be more in Ritter's hands if they're losing, and especially if it's you know getting time to like okay we need to win the game. Um, and for the Falcons, I, w- I would give them the same thing. If you have an early lead, you can run the ball a lot more. So I, I think for the key to this game is going to be who can score more points the fastest. And I, I know that kind of sounds stupid, yeah. but I feel like any of these teams, if they go up in with like a maybe fourteen to nothing lead, I could definitely see that team winning this game.
0: I agree. I think that timing is going (laughs) to be huge in this game. Because, look, the uh, the Texans don't really run the ball all that much. CJ's been throwing the ball a lot. And that a lot of the time, especially if you're not completing all these passes, you're leaving a lot of time on the clock. So if they either, A, can't stop the run or can't get points up on the board early, then the Falcons are going to have entire control of the clock for the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, and, and they're just so good at that with their yeah. um, options in the run game. But I, I think another key for the Falcons that I want to add is, you know, C.J. Stroud is still yet to throw a pick. Um, and I think I, I'm going to have to go get my phone later in this podcast, but I think I had a stat where he's like one of the fastest quarterbacks to have thrown that many completions without a pick. And, you know, he's in a list with a lot of other really, really good quarterbacks. So the Texans definitely have their guy in C.J. Stroud. But I think if the Falcons can force an interception in this game, it might make things interesting because we don't we don't have anything to go off of if uh, how C.J. Stroud can play if he's having a bad game. Yeah, You know, what what does C.J. Stroud look like throwing two picks in one game? Will he completely collapse? Will he still be able to run the offense? You know, there's a lot of variables there. So I think if the Falcons get a turnover, um, even just one interception, it could make this game very interesting. Yeah, I,
0: I think so. Um, what are we thinking score prediction-wise? I don't see this being a high-scoring affair.
1: Uh, I'm going to go 21-14 Texans.
0: Okay, I'm going to go 24-20 Falcons. I, I have to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into the next one. Eagles favored by four and a half versus the Rams in L.A. over under 50 and a half. They like the points in this one.
1: Yes. Yeah, um, I, I think to start it off is the Eagles have finally been able to figure out A.J. Brown for these past couple weeks, man. And he's been lighting them up. I mean, last week against the Commanders, nine receptions, uh, I think it was 175 yards. I can't read my own handwriting. Yeah, 175 yards with two touchdowns. And Devonta Smith, you know, seven receptions, 78 yards. That's that's kind of your perfect passing offense if you're Philly, is you want A.J. Brown to do what he does and Devonta Smith to kind of be the sidekick. Not, yeah. you know, diminishing Devonta Smith at all. Devonta Smith is a wide receiver one. It's just, you know, he happens to play on the same team as A.J. Brown. Um, they, you know, even despite Swift being held to 56 yards, he's still got – you know, in the end zone, he still had four catches for 23 yards. So this Eagles offense is starting to really, I I really think, get it together um, compared to, uh, like, the first two weeks.
0: Yeah, I think this matchup in general is just better than it looks. Like, it looks like a better matchup than Eagles favored by almost a touchdown. Like, the Rams last week pulled out an overtime win over, albeit a below average, but kind of sneaky Colts team. Meanwhile, the Eagles, coming off of a win in an overtime thriller with a pretty good commanders team that has a pretty solid defense and a relatively good offense, I just, going into this game, like every game we talk about, I kind of have some keys. I don't need to give either of these team keys to winning this game. The (laughs) Eagles are just going to continue to run this perfect balance of pass and run. Yep. and the Rams are just going to keep throwing to Puka Nakua and using Kyron Williams <laughs> in the red zone. And honestly, the only thing I have to tell the Rams is play some better defense. That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they're just giving up too many points. With how the Eagles have defended against the pass this year, it's it to me, it's actually a miracle they haven't lost at least one of these games. I, I honestly thought the Commanders had them. Uh, I think even the Commanders got the ball first in overtime. I I genuinely thought the game was over. Yeah. I thought the commanders were going to go and score. Um, Man, Matthew Stafford is going to light up this Eagles defense. I I really think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't know if the Rams will win, but I really find it hard to believe that Matthew Stafford's going to struggle here. He might get sacked, but he's still going to probably throw the ball 45 times for 300 yards and a couple touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I, I see that as well. I got a feeling like Higby is kind of heating up now too, and like Tutu Atwell has just continued to have great games. And of course, Puka Nakua kind of goes, you know, without saying. But yeah, I think you know, score prediction wise for this game, it's hard to count out the Eagles. Like they haven't lost a game, but yeah. this is a this is a worthy opponent. You know, despite yeah. the Rams, what they're they're two and two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, despite that, I still think they're a very good team. I, I obviously think the Eagles are a good team, but I'm going to go for the upset. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm gonna go yes. I'm going to go thirty thirty five twenty eight. Or no, so, no
1: 35-31, 30, Okay, so you got a four point game for uh, Los Angeles. Yep. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to bring up, though, before I give my score prediction. Anthony Richardson versus this Rams defense, rushing-wise, 10 rushes, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Last week, Jalen Hurts against the Commanders had nine rushes for 34 yards. I think if the, the Eagles will surely win if they can expose that kind of poor like quarterback scramble type of running, because Jalen Hurts is just so good at it, probably better than Anthony Richardson, or at least maybe not as athletic, but a smarter runner. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Eagles can win that way, but I'm gonna go with the upset with you. Um I'm gonna take I'm gonna go twenty eight twenty-four Rams.
0: Okay. That doesn't yeah. bode well for the Rams. Both of us picking them to upset. That's that's definitely not gonna happen.
1: Yeah, not at all. Is <laughs> is Cooper Cup coming back yet? Do we know about Cooper Cup?
0: I I don't know if he's back this week. um uh, might as well go ahead and check. Um as, He I mean, was a limited participant on on Wednesday in practice, so okay, prob- so it's looking better. Uh, it's looking better. I wouldn't say he's likely, yeah. He's a definitive I mean, questionable
1: puka Nakua with how he's been playing. Man, if you, you, you really a need him, cup, yeah, especially with Kyron <laughs> Williams, you, yeah. I mean, they, I, I mean, like, seriously, let, let's take a step back and look, let's look at the broader picture. With with Cooper Cup coming back, and let's say the Rams play better defense, what is the ceiling for them? Super Bowl? Because I mean, you and I have been covering I, that. I don't know if I'd go that far, but like, I think that's the this ceiling, Rams 100%. team. Okay, ceiling? Yes, and that that's what I said. So I'll I'll go back on that one. But it's I, it's crazy. I, I feel like you and I are the only ones that understand how good this Rams team is. Like we're, we're second and yeah. short are the only people that give them any credit. It feels like. I, I, they're just going to be so dangerous when Cooper Cup comes back, man. Yeah, and, and it's like,
0: if they can make just a couple of moves on the defense, like this is a good time to trade right now. Um, yeah. Now that you've seen what your team does, make a couple of moves. I, I think that that's. I think the Rams know that they should probably start winning now, because Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald are both kind of in their their final years. As much as I don't want yeah. that to be the case, I think both of them dealing with injuries at this point in their careers with Aaron Donald basically saying, like, I don't have to play football anymore. Yeah. Like, these guys are probably nearing the end. You need a Super Bowl. If you want to win another Super Bowl, it's got to be in the next three or four years. And, and I think yeah. go ahead and give it a shot this year because, what, one team has just played a great football every time they've stepped out on the field, and it's the 49ers. The Eagles did not play a good game against the Patriots. Obviously, the Chiefs have their flaws. Like, nobody except the 49ers has played great football. If the Rams can pull off an upset on the 49ers, if they make some moves, I think they could just end up being the better team.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you gotta think, like, they lost Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey in yeah. one offseason. That's you know, that's not good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I would say the Rams, to your point, are in a position where they can be aggressive enough. Like I'm talking like maybe two first rounders for somebody. I, I really yeah. don't know who or, or where on the defense. I yeah. don't know. It would have to be for me linebacker or secondary. Um, your D line's probably fine. Um But yeah, no, I like this Rams team a lot.
0: Yeah, I do as well. But let's talk about the next one. Chiefs, a five-point favorite, going to Minnesota, over under 53. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> let's start with this. Fun fact. Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes have never faced off in a game outside of a preseason game in 2021. Oh, okay. That's pretty crazy.
1: It is, cool. yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, when it comes to this one, off of- Oh, awful wins that they're coming off of. Right? I was
1: about to say an yeah. ugly quarterback play for both of them too. Yeah.
0: Um, they lucked out with their opponents last week.
1: Yeah, and I, I think what it comes down to is you had Pacheco who like probably had a career day, and then you had Alex Zinner Madison who showed up. They they kind of bailed out their quarterbacks in both of their games. Um, yeah, yeah. This is gonna be it, it. This is gonna be a weird game because. You know, the Chiefs might be three and one. Um, I, I don't know about you, but they they just seem so beatable this season. Yep. Um, like they're still a good team. I, I just see a lot of things that teams can exploit. Um, and, you know, the Vikings on the other side is like they're they're one and three. Um, Kirk Cousins has kind of had back to back iffy weeks. Um, and it's just not looking as good as it was. Um, for them earlier this season. I mean, how? Like, my thing is, how do you only complete? How do you only complete twelve passes in the Vikings' offense?
0: It makes no and sense.
1: Justin Jefferson was half of those, and both of Kirk Cousins' touchdowns. And they won. And they won the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man,
0: I just like when you look at it, the Chiefs are probably going to win this game, and I don't yeah. think it's because they're that much better. You know they're three and one. The Vikings are one and three. It seems like the Chiefs are like a significantly better team. I don't know if they actually are. I just feel like the Vikings are going to try way too hard to like make a statement this week, and it's going to result in mistakes because last week I think that's what happened as well. They're like, oh, we're playing this shitty Panthers team, when in reality they were just as bad as each other. They're both zero and three going into that one, but. They were like, oh, we got to try this. We got to try that. And it just didn't work. Now they're going to go – the Chiefs are going to come to Minnesota, and the Vikings going to be like, home crowd, All you know, this and that. We got to look good. This is the team to look good against, and they're going to look bad.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's a fair point. Um, I wanted to get your opinion. I know we're not covering these two teams, but the Panthers – what do you think about Bryce Young starting again I'm over uh, Andy Dalton?
0: I'm fine with I, it just because there's a clear, it's pretty clear to me that Andy Dalton is not the starter on this team. Bryce Young yeah. is the starter, regardless of the outcomes, because in three years, in a year from now, Bryce Young is still going to be the starting quarterback, and Andy Dalton would not, even if he started the rest of the games this season.
1: That's a fair point. That's yep.
0: just kind of my my thoughts on that. Like I I 100% understand when you use the first overall pick on a quarterback that you want to be your franchise quarterback, and he hasn't been horrible. He hasn't been great, not at all. But yeah, like yeah, I I think there's plenty of reason to to put him back in.
1: I think he definitely had his best game against Minnesota. Um, twenty-five for thirty-two, two o four. No, no picks, no touchdowns. Uh, was sacked five times, and and I'm just kind of like looking at you know these stats in the Vikings game and comparing them to other stats. I, I think Adam Thielen is kind of the dark horse, like yep. variable in this he's, passing offense.
0: He's making a little bit of a comeback. I think there. I think the Panthers offense, because when you look at this Panthers team. It's similar to a couple of the other rookie quarterbacks teams where it's like entirely new coaching staff, entirely new scheme, a bunch of different players, a bunch of guys left, a bunch of guys come in. It's going to be different. The Texans look drastically different from what they looked like last year. The Panthers are the same way, and I think it just took a little extra time for the Panthers to come into this one.
1: Yeah, and I really would still waiting to see Jonathan Mingo still waiting to see Jonathan Mingo in this team. And and I don't know. It kind of makes you wonder, like, why are guys like um, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark and this Terrence Marshall Jr. guy is kind of a dog on their team, too. Why are these guys able to do so well and not Jonathan Mingo? Because I know you brought it up that you didn't really think Jonathan Mingo was going to have that high of a ceiling because they had no protection for Bryce Young, which is completely fair. So, you know, I kind of want to flip the question on you again now uh, going into week five. Do you think it's still because of protection why Jonathan Mingo isn't getting the ball? Or do you think it's more of a Jonathan Mingo problem seeing all these other Carolina receivers do pretty well? I think it's like a reliability thing. You can rely on
0: Adam Thielen to catch a football because he's done it every Sunday for six, seven years. You can rely on DJ Chark to do the same. He's been in the league a few years now. That's cool. I think Terrence Marshall Jr. is just a matter of he's on the field. So they're going to throw to him. If they're not going to put Jonathan Mingo on the field, that's fine. If he doesn't look good in practice, don't put him on the field. Like I don't have a problem with him not (laughs) playing unless he deserves the opportunities. And I'm going to trust this coaching staff. To say that he probably doesn't. He doesn't deserve it over Adam Thielen. He doesn't deserve it over DJ Chark. And Terrence Marshall Jr. is just kind of the question mark there.
1: Yeah, that's definitely fair. All
0: right. Are you ready to get into the next one, though? Score prediction. Oh, yes. Score prediction, Chiefs, Vikings. The over-under is 53, which is crazy. (laughs) Like, come on. I don't know about that. Um, I think it's like 28-23 uh,
1: Chiefs. I don't know. It, I could see the Vikings having another off week. I'm going to go like 31-17 Chiefs.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, you could have said any score, and I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as the Vikings don't score more than like 28, <laughs> I'll believe your score prediction.
1: <laughs> yeah. There. Fair.
0: All right, our final oh, one boy. before we just kind of walk through the whole slate. Cowboys versus 49ers. 49ers, a four-point favorite at home, over under 45. And all I have to say is that don't think that the 49ers defense is not going to look insane this week.
1: Yeah. Um, I The the Cowboys are going in with that revenge mentality, though, from yeah. the uh, – the, was it the divisional game where they yeah. got knocked out? Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, the Cowboys kept it close there. I, I just think that um, Christian McCaffrey is on a just a different level this season. I, this has definitely got to be one of his best seasons, yeah, um, uh, in his career. I, so I, I'm, I don't know. Go ahead.
0: Um, I just think? I kind of think that the Cowboys' defense is going to test Brock Purdy just
1: a little bit this week. Yeah, um, he seems to kind of. He's, he's just come out of games crazy. very clean. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, clean jersey kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. The thing <laughs> and, uh, is, though, like
0: you can try and test him all you want, but <laughs> all he has to do is feed the hot hand. Christian McCaffrey's not human. Uh, he's not. He's not a human being. Um, no. This man has 459 yards on 80 attempts this season. Uh, so he's now averaging a career high in yards per attempt to 5.7 yards per attempt. Also, well, also, he's also averaging a career high in attempts per game at 20. So he's getting more attempts and getting more yards per attempt. Crazy. Yeah. And he's already at his rushing touchdown total from last year. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got six rushing touchdowns Damn. so far, and he had six in 11 games
1: last year. Oh my god and i think he's i isn't he on a streak isn't isn't this like his 14th game in a row with a rushing touchdown like going into last season too some um oh my and, and brock party he only had a one incomplete pass
0: yeah that's ridiculous against the cardinals
1: that like never the happened. cardinals team only that beat sack. the cowboys yeah <laughs> the cardinals team that beat the cowboys um did uh, I kind of like off topic, but a little bit on topic. Did you see the James Connor and Talanoa Hufanga fight Yeah. after this game? So I just have to like, I really, really want to know what's going on. I, I didn't do any like research or saw, seen if any of the players talked about it. But James Connor is not a guy that I see fighting people. No. And the guy who trained with baby Jesus, Troy Polamalu, I don't see him fighting with anybody either. They just seem like two very, like, peace-of-mind players. Why and what happened to make James Conner grab his mouth? I have no idea. That That fight was crazy. I, I think that that fight was kind of underrated. Like, I, I feel like it should have been talked about more.
0: Yeah, it was kind of crazy to see, because I, I think you're very much correct in saying that, like, these are not two guys you'd see fighting.
1: Yeah. But, um... Anyway, uh, the Cowboys could have a lot of trouble. But, see, it's funny because the Cowboys have the pieces to make anybody they play against a good game. Yeah. But do they all the time? No. (laughs) And the 49ers, as you and I both know, it is not a team you can make mistakes against. I mean, even in the Cardinals game, their offense put up 35 points. But Debo Samuel, like, I'm looking at it now, he didn't even have a target in this game. He only had those couple of rushing yards. Brandon Ayuk comes back and he's six receptions, 148 yards. Christian McCaffrey had 71 yards receiving and a touchdown. I I don't know. I don't see the Cowboys being able to stop all of this. But then again, this 49ers offense, like we haven't seen it be, you know, this good. Um, you know, kind of with like all their cylinders firing and looking good. It probably in a minute, like not this season, definitely. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys are going to have some trouble.
0: Yeah. And like last week, the Cowboys put up 38 points against the Patriots, but they only scored two offensive touchdowns. They kicked three field goals and scored two defensive touchdowns. I just, I don't trust this offense to be successful against a defense like this.
1: Yeah. Um, now, th- this Cowboys game, like, yeah, they deserve to win. Yeah, they played well, but the score was definitely inflated by a very poor Mac Jones performance. Yeah,
0: and the thing is, is if you're just getting in the field goal range against the Patriots, you're going to be punting against the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Goodness go ahead and better. take nine points off the board, and then <laughs> you're not going to yep. get defensive touchdowns. No. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: Mm-mm.
0: or probably offensive. So let's just—it's a shutout.
1: <laughs> the 49ers just shut them out. I don't know about shutting them out. No. Um, no. But um, oh man, it—it's it, gonna—it could be bad though. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty-one Forty Niners.
0: All right. I'm gonna go twenty-eight to nine. i am going to go 28 to 9 49ers Damn. No touchdowns okay. for the Cowboys. All right. Luke's got his phone. We're good to go. Let's talk. We're good to go. Actually, let's talk score prediction. Or wait, no, we just did score predictions. I'm out of my mind. Yeah. Let's talk the rest of the slate. So Thursday night is tonight while we're recording. So we have no idea what happened. Uh, I'm gonna say you're listening to this in the morning. Congratulations to the Washington Commanders on your 20, 28 to twelve victory. Over the Chicago to 12. Bears.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Man, the Bears is look kind of good. That defense they so are good. good. They're they're fantastic. But how about the Bears last week? They look good. I mean, are are we gonna refuse to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, <how laughs> because they blew we blew have... that twenty <laughs> twenty one point lead. <laughs> I know. Um Justin Fields looked okay though. I know. Yeah, He did. That was probably one of his better games, like of his career. Yeah, honestly. It
0: just happens to be against a team that gave up seventy in the week prior.
1: Yeah, um, but it's not going to happen this week because they. I mean, even with Justin Fields playing well, they still couldn't win. Um, I'm going to go. The the Commanders are a thirty point team. I'm going to go thirty four to ten. Okay.
0: <clears throat> All right. Well, let's talk about Sunday's games then. Back to London. Well, for the Jaguars, still in London, the Bills yep. <laughs> are the home team technically at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They're favored by five and a half points. They're gonna wipe the floor with this Jaguars team. Really? Yes.
1: Oh man, I don't know. I I think the Jaguars could hang in this game. I, don't I really know, do, man. I just
0: the way that the Falcons played them last week, we're like. The defense wasn't bad. me and Colin talked about this on Wednesday. The defense wasn't bad. They just gave up yep. defensive touchdowns um i I think you know the offense and Desmond Ritter entirely lost that game for the Falcons and kind of inflated the Jaguar score. I don't see them doing anything close to what they did to the Falcons, and I got a feeling the bills end up taking this one like. Thirty, thirty-one 31 to 17.
1: 31, 17. I don't know. I, I like, I like the Jaguars chances against the bills. If they're able to get Etienne going. Um, but that Falcons rush defense is no joke. And Etienne really couldn't find any success against them. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot closer, but the bills are the better team. I'm going to go like 28, 21 Buffalo.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. Oh, I did just forget that Tredavious White is out for the rest of the season. So I'm going to change my mind. It's going to be 31 24. That's not a big difference, but changes things. And Von Miller's out. Oh, wow. So next game Panthers Lions. The 0 4 Panthers go to Detroit. Face a three and one Lions. Detroit favored by ten.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. about right, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go six to like twenty-one Lions. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, the way the yeah. Lions have been getting to the quarterback,
0: I've I don't like the Panthers' chances. Um not at all. I'm gonna go i go Lions 28, Panthers 7. I'll give him a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm giving him
1: two field goals or a missed PAT. That's fair. <laughs>
0: I think Aiden Hutchinson yep. has three
1: sacks in this game. Wow. You know, he's been kind of quiet this year.
0: Hey, I'm waiting for him to come alive. Up. He's heating up.
1: Yeah, he's he's heating up. I think his first sack came was it last week or the week before? It was
0: before against the First Atlanta. sack of
1: the season. Yeah, he. Um, I I love Aiden Hutchinson, man. I do. He's too. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, he is fun to watch. Uh,
0: but next game, Titans, Colts, Tennessee, favored by two and a half on the road against their division rival. I don't like that. I I think on the road, division rival, two and two. Neither team has like been super impressive. So, I don't know. I, I think that's a weird road favorite for the Titans, but I guess you could give it up to Derrick Henry's very good performance last week.
1: Yeah, and the the lack of performance from Burrow still. Um, yeah. Dang, only three points against the Titans, man. I, I like the Titans coming off of a you know win against the Bengals. Even though the Bengals are playing bad, I still feel like it's a it's a big deal to beat them. They yes. they have a lot of talent on that football team. Um, I'm gonna take the Titans. I feel like they're kind of the hotter team right now. Okay. For for once I'm gonna take the Titans. They're <laughs> easily the most boring and worst two and two team in the league. Yeah. But I'm gonna take the Titans.
0: All right, I'm gonna take a provisional. If Jonathan Taylor's playing, give me the Colts twenty give me the Colts twenty one seventeen. If he's not playing, give me the Titans twenty four to fourteen.
1: I'm going to go, um, <laughs> even with the with, even with Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to go like 23-20 Titans. Close game.
0: Okay. Next game, yeah. Giants-Dolphins. Dolphins favored by 12 in Miami. Oh, man. It's not going to go well.
1: It's not. I, I feel like out of all of my second and short predictions for this season, I feel like I was the l- most wrong about the Giants. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm right there with you. I thought Daniel Jones was going to have a great year. Yeah, they um, man that that clip from last week where Dable's just like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" and Daniel Jones is just walking straight yeah. past him. It is not a good look it's all in uh, New York over there. It, it really is. And no, no Jalen Hyatt. Um, and the the reason I'm hanging on to him in our fantasy league is it's I, I'm betting on the fact that like. Maybe, just maybe they try to get him more involved because nothing else is working. Yeah. They they really can't even seem to get Darren Waller going that well. Um, which is very much not good. Um yeah, I really I don't know about these Giants, man. Yeah. And Miami's just gonna mop the floor with them. This is the best Miami team we've seen in probably both of our lifetimes. Yeah, combined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: combined. Um yeah, look, like the giant, like with Saquon questionable and Wondell Robinson's compre- uh, questionable, I they don't have a chance. I think the no. Dolphins probably win like thirty. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll give them thirty-eight. Actually, I'm gonna they've been, get. In a, I'm gonna been scoring too many points. Uh, they've been scoring too many points. I think they're gonna fall flat yeah. a little bit. So 31, (laughs) that's falling flat for the Dolphins. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go 31-10. I'm going to go 41-14, Dolphins. All right, next game, Saints-Patriots. Patriots, Patriots, a a one-point favorite at home. Interesting means Uh, unwatchable is what you're trying to say. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Alvin Kamara makes the Saints a little bit more fun. 13 receptions last week. Yeah, for nothing. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> for, <them to laughs> for nothing. Um, three field goals. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to go Saints here. Uh, It's going to be a close game. I'm going to go probably 20 to 14 Saints. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to go the same way. I'm,
1: I'm uh, go does Bailey
0: Zappi start? Uh No, I think...
1: Oh, wait, is he? Should he did get playing time last week.
0: Yeah. Um. It... I don't see Mac Jones on the injury report. So maybe he's back? Okay. Already? I don't know. I think... I think it's like, this looks like a 17-3 to
1: Saints. Yeah. Patriots are just bad, man. They're terrible. And they can't even, I was really high on Ramondre Stevenson. You know, with them getting rid of Damon Harris and Ramondre looking so good last year, I was so excited for him to be the main guy in New England, and they can't get him going either.
0: Yeah, he has 60 carries for 164 yards. There's more rushing yards than Zeke. Give him that. (laughs) Um,
1: right Yep.
0: alright next game Raven Steelers what do you think Baltimore 4.5 point favorite on the road
1: alright you ready for a rant (sighs) I have to do it I have to do it (sighs) Matt Canada you know that guy Grayson I sure do I have more Matt Canada stats for you these these will absolutely mind fuck you uh, it you know the, the Steelers offense like i i think the Raiders game gave me way too much um way too much <laughs> excitement for what really goes on yeah. behind the scenes so uh this is from a Steelers fan account that i follow steel nation shout out um been following you guys for years now um the Steelers have played a month of football <clears throat> which is four games grayson yep they recorded only four first downs in the first quarter in four games. That, that's, like, fucking ridiculous.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not done. The Steelers have now gone 39 straight games under offensive coordinator Matt Canada without gaining 400-plus yards. During that span, other teams have done that 295 times. Steelers have not done it once against the Texans. It had 225 yards of total offense today, or sorry, I'm reading it uh, against the Texans. They've been under 303 out of the four games this season. I'm not done. (laughs) The Steelers have yet to attempt a run inside the five yard line. They are the only team. They're the only team in the NFL um, with that little uh, conundrum there. I'm not done. Steelers have put together 48 drives this season. 46% of them ended in three plays or less. 50% ended in a punt. 67% ended in a punt, turnover, or turnover on downs. I'm still not done. Through the first four games of the season, this is what the Steelers' first quarter quarter offensive stats look like. 42 run plays, 163 yards. This is all in the first quarter, by the way. 3.29 yards per play. (laughs) One touchdown, three interceptions, three sacks. Are you done? All of this to say, this is the first time in my life, Grayson, that I do not want to play the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and you know, as a Steelers fan, that that hurts my pride a lot. That Baltimore is going to absolutely mop the floor with us. I, I really think so. They, I mean. The only other thing that I have to go off of is the fact that Lamar Jackson really has never played well against the Steelers. I think he's like four touchdowns, six interceptions against us. But it's going to take, like, once again, another defensive miracle to make us 3-2 and against this Baltimore team because they just look – Baltimore looks really good. The Steelers don't look good. So, there you go. Yeah, I I still trust you guys' defense
0: enough to, like – Make sure this game doesn't get out of hand. I'd, I'll say that. I, I think... Oh, man. Like, Lamar hasn't had, like, an outstanding passing performance this season. And I think this would be the team to do it against, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> so, I, I think I'm going to go Ravens... I'm going to go Ravens 24, Steelers 10.
1: Probably a That's defensive fair. touchdown. Okay. And probably a defensive yeah. touchdown. Nice. Um, and, and, you know, another thing to kind of continue my rant before I give my score prediction is I, I think for the first time, I have always been like the biggest Mike Tomlin defender. And, you know, before I even say this, I still want to say there is no other head coach in the league that I'd want other than Mike Tomlin. I absolutely love this guy. But the complacency. Of how bad that this season is gone is unbelievable. the The fact that we are so content and <clears throat> not changing our offensive play calling or our offensive coordinator is beyond me. And the fact that Mike Tomlin can sit up there in a press conference and tell a room full of reporters that we don't plan on making changes to like our play calling is absurd. And and you know another big thing is going back to like you know my hit Steelers history as being a fan is like this is really the first time where I'm a little bit pissed at Mike Tomlin and yeah. kind of the whole Rooney family for not being more aggressive and trying to change things this season. Kenny Pickett has looked way worse this season than last season and a lot of people are going after him too but it's like maybe if we had a better offensive coordinator Big Ben wouldn't have looked so washed up Russell Trubisky wouldn't have looked so bad last year when he started, and Kenny Pickett wouldn't be struggling right now. There's a common denominator in all of this, and it's that motherfucker Matt Canada. I just wish Mike Tallman was a little bit more aggressive in wanting to change that. Um, So, score prediction, I'm going (laughs) to go 21-17 Steelers. (laughs) Come on, baby! (laughs) You see that? (laughs) You see that?
0: There's no fucking way. No you way.
1: There's no way, I, there no <laughs> way I'm going to say that Baltimore's ever going to beat the Steelers. Fuck you, Baltimore. 21-17 Steelers.
0: You mean to tell me you just went on like a almost 10-minute rant about the Steelers <clears throat> to just say they're going to win against one of the best defenses in the league right now.
1: Hey, there's another good defense on the other side of the ball.
0: It's fair.
1: That, that'll be on the field a lot, dude. If Presley Harvin plays, it's over. With how many punts he'll be putting them inside the five yard line, so many times we're, we're bound to get a field goal. Yeah, but um, all right, I, I'm ready to move on. Okay, <laughs> you sure? Yep, I'm good. Okay,
0: <laughs> Bengals Cardinals. Just this is this is my actually no, the next game is definitely Never mind, this game sucks. I'll go ahead and say it.
1: It sucks. Yeah, Josh Dobbs is going to beat Joe Burrow though. Maybe. They they might just. <laughs> I don't know. the The Cardinals had a lot of um a lot of receivers that had a really good game last week against the Forty yeah. Nine ers. I think Marquise Brown had a good game. Um, mm-hmm. here, I want to I want to look at the stats again. Uh, let's see, real fast, real fast, real fast. Gosh, all these tabs I got to open. The struggle is real recording these podcasts. Um, need to get a monitor. Michael Wilson. Yeah, I need I need to get it like a dual monitor up. But yeah, Zach Ertz had a good game. Michael Wilson had a good game, and Marquise Brown had a good game. Despite them putting, you know, only 16 points up, the Bengals are a team that you can run against too. And I feel like Josh Dobbs and James Connor can figure out ways to exploit that. So I'm going to yeah. take the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, it's. It's
1: so hard to,
0: like, see the Bengals versus the Cardinals and ignore the records and just be like, Psh, the Cardinals are going to win. Like, it seems like that's impossible to just be like, yeah, the Cardinals are going to win this game, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like this game is just going to suck so bad that, like, it's going to be so bad that the Bengals end up winning. Like, it's going to be horrible.
1: You know, and you could kind of say that about their one win against the Rams, too. Yeah. That was a bad game.
0: Yeah. It was so bad that they won. I think it goes the same way. I'm going to go Bengals 20, Cardinals 14. 14.
1: You know, I, I think a underrated player on the Bengals right now that that deserves to be in the hot seat that isn't is Joe Mixon.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I kind of feel like for, you know, last season and this season, we have not really seen him get going like no. he normally has been at all.
0: So, He's been I don't
1: know. Joe Mixon's in my hot seat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. This next <clears throat> game is my uh, two – Drunk people punching each other game of the week. Um, Jets, Broncos. If Zach Wilson looks like he did last week, though, this is going to be a... Yeah. a they're going to open a can of whoop-ass on the Broncos.
1: Yeah, and I mean, hey, the the Broncos have proven that they have that comeback gene there. It's true. It's the Bears. Um, man, I don't know who to take this one. It, it really is just who's going to get drunker. Yeah, who's gonna punch the hardest yeah. and feel who's the gonna get
0: <laughs> Who in this matchup is gonna be drunk enough to punch with like hate <laughs> in
1: their heart? I, and I think it's Denver. I, I'm gonna take the Broncos in this one. I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Broncos as well. Zach but but then again, wouldn't it be picks. that's the problem?
1: Wouldn't it be so nice to see Zach Wilson continue to have another good game, though? I would. I would love to see that. It would. I. Would. I I gotta say, I
0: was impressed—not just by how he played, but how he acted in that game. Like saying it was his fault on the sidelines is wild, and like the disrespect that he got from—I can't even remember who that guy was that did the interview with Chris Jones after the game—that was bullshit.
1: Oh, it was uh, uh Rodney Harrison, the yeah. Patriots legend. Yeah, that was I think he's Patriots legend. Bullshit. Yeah. And you know, I, I felt like he may have gotten too much hate, like saying, um, it, to me, it didn't seem like he was baiting Chris Jones to like respond in that way. It, I just genuinely felt like Rodney Harrison, like felt that Zach Wilson was a sorry quarterback. I, I don't think he was necessarily baiting Chris Jones to be like, Oh yeah, we knew, you know, on national television, but it definitely was like a pretty egregious. Um, Zach Wilson, Definitely last season deserved the hate and he deserved to be clowned on, which, you know, you and I did plenty of on this podcast, but not this Zach Wilson, man, no. you can tell that he's genuinely turned it around. He's, I mean, who goes from being a first round rookie then to being replaced and still kind of has, and it has like a better attitude than ever. Yeah, and, and I I give him all the praise in the world for that. And what Rodney Harrison was saying was definitely a little bit too much. But was he trying to bait Chris Jones? I don't think so.
0: Okay, yeah, I I think when it comes to to Zach, as long as he doesn't wear that fucking headband, he'll he'll look good. That's how it works. <laughs> First three games he wore yeah. a headband, looked bad. Yeah. Last game, this last game, didn't wear it. Maybe he was trying to impress Taylor Swift or something, but. I I think it, no he, head, no headband yeah no headband <laughs> Zach Wilson win almost wins football games
1: <laughs> almost wins football games now I'm telling you man yeah Zach Wilson is a completely different person all all it took is for him to watch Aaron Rodgers play in person and he was like okay I'm not the shit yeah yeah <laughs> so I I think that was really uh, what did it for him but uh, like I said I'm gonna take Denver I think it'll be a um. I'm going to go 21-14.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to... Fuck, I'm taking the Jets. I've changed my mind. I'm going to take the Jets All right. Twenty-eight
1: twenty-one. 21 um, I have a Jets question for you. Okay. So against the Chiefs, you had Brees Hall, 6 carries, 56 yards. Dalvin Cook, 5 carries, 16 yards. Um, Michael Carter was in there with a carry with nine yards, and that Xavier Gibson, uh, two yards or no, two carries, thirteen yards. <laughs> My question to you is, what the fuck are the Jets doing with their run game? How how can you fuck up this like if the Jets had the same coaches that the Falcons do, they might put up 40 points just with their running backs.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: I, I don't understand how you fuck up this running back room. And the Jets have done it. Literally every single game this season.
0: Yeah, I think I can try to explain it, which is you have an extremely quarterback-centric offensive coordinator calling the plays. Okay. Every time Nathaniel Hackett's run in offense, he has had Aaron Rodgers, and then... Russell he, Wilson. Yeah, he was the play caller with Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's always had a quarterback. That he can rely on, and that the game can flow through. I don't think he's going to just yeah. change that with Zach because he works with him every week. He knows what Zach is good at. He's going to keep trying to run the offense through him. Yeah. So I I I don't think it's like a weakness of Zach or of Nathaniel Hackett to run an offense through your quarterback. Everybody else does it. It's just in this scenario when you have such talent at running back and you have a quarterback that needs a little stress taken off of him. I feel like you should run the ball more.
1: Yeah. And I actually, I'm just looking at it now. Um, I I said that Brees Hall had six carries, uh, for 56 yards. His longest was a 43 yard run. So those stats are kind of inflated there. It it really should have been worse. Um. Yeah. I I mean, I just wanted to ask you because it's just very interesting how you have guys like Michael Carter, Dalvin Cook, and Brees Hall, but they are just non-existent in this offense at all.
0: Yeah, it is kind of weird. But all right, all right. Sunday night football. What else we got? Oh, wait. We already talked about that game too. So I guess Monday night football is the next one we haven't talked about. Packers Raiders. At
1: yeah, I like this game a lot. Yeah. Man, uh, Allegiant Stadium, uh, if not, it, it's my favorite stadium outside of Acrisure Stadium okay. in the NFL. I, I think Allegiant Stadium is so badass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they call it the Death Star, too. And I'm a Star Wars nerd. And if you look at the stadium, it's like, yeah, it kind of actually looks intimidating. What What NFL team or what stadium has a black stadium? That is interesting. It's very cool, Um, and I think it's a very cool place to play, Um, but they're going to (laughs) lose. They're going to lose to Green Bay. Yeah, Jordan Love's
0: going to get right this game. Last week was tough, for sure. He didn't look that good. He looked human, but I think he gets right against this team. This Raiders defense just hasn't been as good as it probably should be. Max Crosby hasn't been... like, Yeah, Max Crosby is Max Crosby. He's going to do his thing. I'm sure he'll get a sack in this game, but he hasn't looked as effective as he needs to be considering Chandler Jones is in prison, in jail, I think
1: on drugs, mental jail, mental jail. Cool. That's um, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. What was, better. what was the that one video scary,
0: bro, where he said that Josh <laughs> McDaniel killed
1: Aaron Hernandez? Oh my God. No. <laughs> Did he say that? <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I just remember the video. Um, I, maybe it was the same video, but he, he was like, talking about Aaron Hernandez and how like Aaron Hernandez didn't commit suicide and just like burst into tears.
0: Yeah. That was subsequently kind of scary. Josh McDaniel killed him. Um, Yeah. That's that's the end of that discussion. Hopefully he just gets the help he needs. Um, Seriously. But yeah, with this game, it's like, okay, the Raiders defense hasn't been as good as it should be. The Packers offense last week wasn't as good as it should be. Who do I trust to make the changes? The Packers.
1: Damn, I'm in your boat. I'm going to go um, Green Bay 24, Raiders 17.
0: I like that a lot. I'm going to go Green Bay 27, Raiders 14. Okay. Awesome. All right, and four teams on a bye. First week of bye weeks, Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Buccaneers. Check your fantasy lineups.
1: <laughs> Mine's definitely hurting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who are you missing? Who, I can't even think of who you are.
1: Uh, well, I have to pick up a quarterback this week, and I don't oh, want to drop yeah. uh, Herbert or Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So I, I think, dude, I'm rocking with Sam Howell tonight. I, that's who is going to start against Mike for me. You picked him up already? Um, Not yet.
0: Well, then you can't start him. Really? Yeah, remember we're doing the free agent budget, and the waivers only go through at noon. You fucked up, brother.
1: I, I could just start a different quarterback. I'm not worried about my team.
0: Yeah, Let's see. I uh, yeah, You'll have to pick one up did. off the wire. No,
1: no, I got him. I got it. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Sam oh, Howell is in my lineup. Okay. Okay.
0: Good. <laughs> good. I, didn't, I didn't know when you made the pickup. All right.
1: All right. You guys can see the guy yeah. up there. You're good yeah. now. All that right. was a close one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a close one. But yeah, yeah, so don't be like me. Well, I, I mean I, I ended up, you know, doing the right thing, but to save yourself some stress, just you know, check your lineups. Like Grayson said. Yeah. All right.
0: Let's do it. Let's, do Let's do it. talk about the MLB playoffs. They've been Ooh. absurd. So hold on, I gotta sneeze. <coughs> oh. Bless you. Thank you. Um back to what I was saying. Um <laughs> Before we really get into it, I'd like to talk about kind of year 2 of the 12 team playoff and the 4 team wild card round or the 4 matchup wild card round. Uh the best of 3 wild card does not work. I'll just say it. Uh in these 2 seasons that we've been doing this, one series of the 8 wild card series has actually gone to game 3. One Every other game yeah. has been a sweep. Every, or every other series has been a sweep. Padres Mets last year, the only one to go the full three games. And for the Brewers, they kind of got fucked over by the format this year, I'll say. Just kind of uh, in in general. It's not like, yeah, other people got fucked over. But the Brewers really did because the last time they made the playoffs was 2021, though they were unlucky to face the Braves. They won their division, they got a bye past the wild card round, and they got their shot at a real five-game series. This year, they win their division, and they have to play a best-of-three against a team that wouldn't have even made the playoffs before this setup. And I'm not mad that it went this way because the Brewers just should have seized their opportunity and won the games. It just seems very unrewarding for a team that wins their division to not even get a shot at, like, a real series. A best of three is not a real series. You don't even get to go, like, you don't travel once. It's all it's three home yeah. games for the best team or the higher seed. It's not a real series. And every team, I just want to point this out, every team that has won the NL Central in the modern wildcard era, so technically that would be 2020 because it stands alone had a weird playoff and then 2022 2023 has been the third seed and each of them lost while hosting a wild card series and they were swept in all of those
1: wow yeah
0: <laughs> crazy but it's just yeah. like it's it's tough luck that the brewers lost it just it it does show a flaw in this system where it's like this team spent the entire year they won 92 games, I think, and yep. it meant nothing. I, I you know the mariner's owner, I believe was the one who talked about it it might have been their GM that talked about it, said, if you turn it took ninety five games, like if you win ninety five games, it means nothing now." because you didn't win 100 like the other two division winners, and now you're stuck playing possibly three more games than they'll have to play. Yeah. Rather than the one-game wild-card play-in where the the two and the three-seed are locked in to play each other, the one-seed plays whoever wins the wild-card game. I think that makes way more sense. I'm not mad that we're putting more teams in the playoff, and I'm not mad about how this one went I'm just saying over these last 2 years it just doesn't seem right
1: yeah that's definitely a good point i don't know the the one game wild card was definitely kind of sucky when uh, you watch garrett cole get slapped at fenway park yeah that sucked but yeah it's just um it just super bizarre um this this uh this wild card in particular like everybody got swept yeah And it just, um, I don't know, like it definitely, there's still some cool stories that, you know, obviously you and I are going to go into. It's not like, it's not like it ruins the postseason, right? But it definitely, you know, for me, kind of puts a little bit of an L uh, for the MLB postseason this year. Um, Because, I mean, there were a lot of teams, like, really the only cool team was Minnesota. And what they were able to do and, you know, snapping their 18-game postseason skid, um, and, you know, winning their first series since, like, the early 2000s. I think it was, like, 2004. Two. That was really the only, like, oh two Okay. Even earlier. Um, but that was really, like, the only, I guess, like, cool thing to come out of the wild card for me personally. I, I don't know how you felt, but that's just kind of my two cents.
0: I kind of agree. Um, yeah, it's definitely the best, like, headline. You know, everybody knew the Phillies were going to win. The Rays team is so injured. Going into this, it's, like, not even funny. And then, yeah. you know, like, the Brewers' Diamondbacks one was, like, just a good series to watch. Um, yeah. I'll give them that. But also, they were missing their number two. The Brewers were. Brandon Woodruff got hurt in the last two weeks of the season, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. that sucks. Um, let me talk about attendance numbers, and then we'll talk about the games. Um right. So, your, uh, your best attendance of the wild card rounds for day one, for game ones, a uh, forty-five thousand six hundred sixty-two at Citizens Bank Park for Marlins Phillies. Then forty thousand eight hundred ninety-two thousand, or er, forty thousand eight hundred ninety-two nah. uh, for D-backs <laughs> Brewers. And then you got thirty-eight thousand four hundred fifty for Blue Jays Twins, and nineteen thousand seven hundred four at the Trop for Rangers Rays. The Rays drew in the lowest non-pandemic playoff crowd since 1919.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. How? Couldn't tell you. Is it the stadium? Like, is it the stadium? Because the Rays are, I mean, they're a fun team. Nobody wants to go to the games. (laughs) It
0: doesn't matter. Like, the Rays won 99 games this year. Nobody goes to the games. The stadium fucking sucks. It's it's also one of the smallest stadiums, so I'll give them that. Like, 19,704, okay. I think, is somewhere just under 80% capacity. That's not really? good for a playoff game, though. Holy shit. If we're wow. looking at percentages, Citizens Bank Park sold out. Yeah. I believe, um, what is it, American Family park or whatever the fuck they call it now uh, for the Brewers. I think that one was close to sold out. Maybe it was sold out. And then Blue Jays twins, uh, I believe was sold out as well. Yeah. But then you have the Rays making the playoffs were one of the best teams in baseball all year, 19,000 and people, I saw like Rays fans trying to defend them and being like, it was a Wednesday. People have to work. Dude. There was forty five thousand people in Philadelphia. Oh, it was at night, but still, Blue Jays Twins was played at three p.m. on a Wednesday, and they had almost forty thousand people there. Yeah, in Minnesota, it's not like it's not like they're a winning sports city. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't I don't know why people can e- like you can't defend that. The combined attendance for both games was thirty nine thousand nine hundred and two. Which means they only got Man. one thousand two hundred more people to show up the next day.
1: On a Thursday. At least they're out of the playoffs now. I guess that, you know, is what yeah. all the fans wanted.
0: So let's <laughs> let's obviously talk about it. Everybody got swept. Rangers beat the Rays, the twins beat the Blue Jays. The Phillies beat the Marlins and the D-backs beat the Brewers. Let's start on the AL side. Game 1, Rangers 4, Rays 0. Jordan Montgomery throwing a fucking gem. 7 innings pitched, 6 hits, no runs, no walks, 5 Ks. Yeah,
1: I had a I had a lot of uh, former Yankees in the in the wild cards that <laughs> all had good games. Sunny yeah. Sunny Gray uh, had a good game too, which we'll talk about him, but Man, Jordan Montgomery Tyler Glasnow is really a good matchup for yeah. um, you know a wild card game, and I, Tyler Glasnow kind of got beat up a little bit, um, and Jordan Montgomery didn't. Um, and I, I, I think uh, the biggest takeaway from this game was uh, the Rays had a play with four errors. Yeah. In this game. Yeah. That sums it up. Yeah, yeah, ain't you don't have a crowd. You're getting shit on. You're making errors. Just fuck right on off out of the playoffs. And I, I hate to say that. You got like like I just said, Tyler Glasnow's on this team. Josh uh Lowe, he's a, an interesting talent. I like watching him. Yeah. Randy Arozarina. He's like one of the more fun players in baseball, I would
0: say. Yeah. And he was the only one that had a good series <laughs> for this team. Exactly. Exactly. I just want to point out Um, how injured they actually are. Because Shane McClanahan went out in August for the rest of the season. He got Tommy John.
1: Shit, I forgot about him. Yeah.
0: Shane Baz, another starting pitcher, young, great player, Tommy Johns. Drew Rasmussen, elbow surgery, putting in a brace. Brandon Lau, two weeks before the season was over, fractured kneecap. Luke Rayleigh, their starting first baseman. Or not starting first baseman. Yandi Diaz starts first baseman. Whatever. He starts in the lineup. Luke Rayleigh, yeah. neck injury in the final <laughs> week of the season. Like, that is so unfortunate. And I get it. You got to
1: play with what you got, but that is tough. Oh, yeah. 100%. And then it, you know, didn't get better for their pitching um, in game two either. You had Zach Eflin got shit on. Oh, yeah. He was very bad. much shit on. And Nathan Eivaldi, though, on the other
0: side, looked. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Straight like that that is how Indiana. you
1: win playoff games is you have guys like Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Ivaldi who give you back to back outings like that. You're kind of unbeatable.
0: Yeah. Uvaldi came out through 6.2, 6 hits, 1 earned run, 8 strikeouts, no walks. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that.
0: No. No. At all. I do wanna I wanna point out a very funny statement that was made on the broadcast. Great announcer here, Sean McDonough. Love him. Loves, love when he gets excited and his voice starts cracking like nothing. Um, but great, <laughs> great statement to sum up the Rays home series. Uh, he said some booze starting to come down from the group. I'm not sure we can call it a crowd, the group here at the trop.
1: Hilarious. Damn. Damn. Yeah. And, you know, another another thing I wanted to bring up, too, is it's not even like the Rays weren't getting hits. They just didn't have an offense. Yeah. They, they were hitting the ball fine. Yeah, they had eight hits. Um, just, they scored one yeah. run. Yeah, and I think they had more hits than the Rangers last game. No, they didn't. But, I mean, still only three less hits. Yeah. But, yeah, just a – Just a brutal series, but you know what, Tech, the Rangers played good. They were fun to watch. I'm glad they're going through.
0: Yeah, and, like, they were putting up runs. Corey Seager was playing well. Adolis Garcia hit a solo shot in this one in, in game two. Josh Young went three for four, scored two runs, and had an RBI in this one. Like, they deserved to win this because the Rays just don't have enough.
1: Evan Carter. Yeah, he looked fantastic the whole yeah. series too. One of the, I'm one one of of the them.
0: youngest players to hit a home run in a playoff game.
1: Yeah, he he's been fantastic, and I think you know with the Rangers is um, you can kind of look at their um, last season injuries, um, or no, not last season, um, their regular season injuries at the end of the season. I I think it may have opened up some opportunities for some guys to step in. Yeah, which you know now that their um, healthy guys are back pretty much just means you have more depth now yeah. to go through. And that's kind of what I'm seeing with this Rangers team. And that's, I think, you know, a big reason why they were able to get over this uh, this race team.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, so just one last thing, MLB teams that started the season 13-0 and 0 have a combined zero postseason wins. Uh, that would be the 1982 Braves that were swept by the Cardinals the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers that failed to make the postseason, and the 2023 Tampa Bay Rays who were swept by the Rangers in the AL
1: Wild Round. Play bad early on.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it's just it that's it fair. just reiterates the importance of getting hot at the end of the
1: season. Yeah, which is um, I, I feel like it's a the that's a pretty big deal, you know, going into like playoff times for any sport. You kind of, I think you get to forget about records in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I agree. It, it comes down to who who won in weeks thirteen through seventeen. Who you know in the MLB is winning their series right at the end of the end of the season, and I think that's kind of what we saw uh, really all throughout this wild card.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So let's talk about the other series: Blue Jays, Twins. The Twins take Game One, three-one, and record their first postseason win. After losing 18 straight postseason games. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, where do we even start? Royce Lewis? Gosman <laughs> had a horrible game. Yeah, Royce Lewis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Whew. Two. I, home I mean, runs, that's how you win RBIs. games. Yeah. That is how you win games. Yeah. Crazy.
0: That guy just the- keeps getting talked about on this show. Grand slams, home runs, like... Ridiculous,
1: the season he's had. He's young, too, man. Yeah, I know. Um, Johan Duran. How about that? Both oh, the games man. he came in. God.
0: That man throws hard as shit. Just got to point that out. <laughs> yeah, he
1: really does. Oh, my
0: God. He really does. And he's got that arm angle that we talk about, like with Camilo Doval, where like you throw it from like just outside over here, and it just fucking – it's like a f- wiffle ball. Crazy.
1: I love it. Um, shout out Carlos Correa. Um, you know, we talked I, – I this is why I brought it up, um, that MLB article uh, of the players who are very good players who didn't really have the best regular season that can turn it around. I think Carlos Correa was on that list. Yeah. And, you know, look look at him in game two. He phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I, I need to address this, how wildly bad I was at picking my wild card picks. You can go to the Instagram, <laughs> and you can see what my predictions were for the wild card. <laughs> it yeah. was bad. I had the Rays sweeping the the Rangers. I had the Blue Jays winning in 3 and I had the uh I had the Brewers winning in 3. Not good. I had the Phillies winning I'm in good. 2 though. I got that right. Um <laughs> yeah. So what does suck is that the Brewers aren't going to beat the Dodgers like I predicted, which is tough it's probably a good thing that that matchup didn't happen because it wasn't going to be right um yeah yeah back to this like just uh it it is crazy to hear the twins fans start chanting we want houston i don't like that after game one (laughs) they did that too. after game one
1: yeah i don't like that that's uh a little bit dangerous
0: yeah but all the respect in the world goes to that twins bullpen. Cause Pablo Lopez pitched a great game to start 5.2 innings, gave up the run, had a couple of base runners made sense to pull him out. And he was at 93 pitches. The bullpen pitched 3.1 yeah. innings, only gave up two base runners for the rest of the game. Huge props to them.
1: Yeah. Um, lot of Guerrero did his best, uh, impression of the invisible man in this series. Uh, Bobichet, the opposite though. Bobichet yeah. was really him and Kevin Kiermaier, in my opinion, were really kind of your offense. Even though Kevin yeah. Kiermaier didn't get a hit in game two, he was still on base, um, and those are really, in my opinion, the only two guys that really came to show up. I mean, you could say George Springer in game two, but you've got to talk about going oh for you know oh for five in game one. Um, yeah, they just fucking fell apart, dude. Fell apart.
0: Yeah. Brutal. And to talk a little more about game two, the first ever pitch clock violation in postseason history
1: yes, goes to Max
0: nice. Kepler. In the batter's box. Kind of surprised. Um, wow. Yeah. First way that that one goes is from the batter. And actually, kind of sucked. It was a 3-1 count, and then didn't get back in the box in time. Went to 3-2, got caught looking, struck out. So that's kind of tough. But Yeah. Who cares? You fucking, you just swept the Blue Jays. You're going on to the NLC or the uh, ALDS. So I wouldn't be that mad. Um, Like we said, their first playoff series uh, win since 2002. But I want to talk about two mistakes made by the Blue Jays in game two. First, Vlad Guerrero Jr. had a 16 foot lead off of second base at its peak. And was picked off at second by Sonny Gray, who said after the game that Carlos Correa told the Blue Jays, uh, or, or told the Twins pitchers going into this game, that the Blue Jays' base runners couldn't hear their third base coach in Game 1. So, obviously the same thing's going to happen in Game 2. I will say, that place was bumping. The Twins fans came out crazy. They looked great. Yeah. And... So he told that to all the pitchers. Sonny Gray took advantage of it on Vladdy, who took a big lead. And um they had actually planned that if Vlad Guerrero or any of their slower players got on second to pick them off. So you gotta love yeah. those baseball tactics, man. Yeah. Gotta love it. I, I just wanna I wanna point this out because I, I've given Carlos Correa his shit. This is what Earns shortstops the big bucks when you can command your team like that and you can make calls like yeah. that, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, he, um, that's kind of I guess like that's kind of one of those things where it it, it separates him from regular baseball players, kind of yes. thing. He's he's one of the better ones. um And you, I think you had other things. There's one thing I wanted to talk about with the Blue Jays too.
0: Yeah, pulling out Jose Barrios is fucking ridiculous. That is the biggest mistake they could have made. What the fuck were they thinking?
1: I was wondering why they only gave him three innings. I, I actually kind of thought he had a bad game. No. Uh, up but until, I mean, looking at it now, yeah, five Ks in three innings and only one run given up. That's pretty yeah. that's serious.
0: Yeah, up until that first run that he gave up in the fourth inning, he pitched three straight, 13-pitch scoreless innings and recorded those five strikeouts, gives up one run, and they pull him out in the fourth inning. With 47 pitches. What the fuck? Like, even the players were pissed off. Whit Merrifield, after the game, said, I hated it, frankly. It's not what cost us the game, but it's the kind of baseball decisions that are taking away from managers and baseball at this stage of the game. Essentially, blaming it on analytics. Vlad Guerrero said everybody was surprised. That That was his simple answer. And then... Blue Jays manager John Schneider had to come out and defend his decision because when it comes down to it, it's his decision if he pulls somebody out or not. He said, you can sit here and second-guess me, second-guess the organization, second-guess anybody. I get that. I get that. And it's tough, and it didn't work out for us today or yesterday, but that's baseball sometimes. That is a bullshit fucking response. It is. It is bullshit. You've got your own fucking players calling you out for that decision. Yep. And you're just going to be like, that's baseball. No, it's not fucking (laughs) baseball. You don't pull out a pitcher that looks fucking good because he gave up one run to start the fourth inning. He only had 47 pitches. It'd be different if he was at like 65 already through three innings, and then you pulled him out because he hit 70 and he already gave up a run. Whatever. Pulling a guy at that stage in the game – is honestly, get, it's getting close to Kevin Cash pulling out Blake Snell in the World Series. It's, it's up there. Yeah. Like, that is a bad fucking decision. You can't just be like, oh, you can second guess me, but that's baseball. No. <laughs> no, it's not fucking baseball. It's your fucking computer that's telling you what to do.
1: Yeah. It's bullshit. And that's, that's just not a good answer for the postseason anyway. Like, Blue Jays fans, like, uh, they're just supposed to be okay with that's baseball sometimes. Yeah. he. I mean, he, with it being the postseason, I feel like he owed them a better answer, maybe even an apology. Their season's over.
0: Yeah. And that's crazy. And you just be like, it didn't work out for us today or yesterday. No shit, but that's too bad because that's the whole fucking series.
1: Yeah, and now your season's over
0: yeah which i'll I'll give it this that's another flaw of the the three game series yeah because if you if I know the blue jays wouldn't have made it whatever, but let's say they're a team that wins their division, but they're third so let's say they're the twins and they have two bad games you can't come back from that in a wild card of three games, but if they would have got their n l d s five game series but That's besides the point. Blue Jays manager's an idiot. Yep. All right. Anything you had to say about this game? Anything else? That was it. Okay. Nope. Well, then let's talk about the National League wildcard games. We'll start with Diamondbacks Brewers because it's a little more interesting. Got to shout out the bullpen for the Diamondbacks. Game one. Yeah. Like, it, it was crazy good. Crazy good stuff from them in game one and I just realized I was looking at game two. But I'm trying to talk about game one. <laughs> um, yeah, Brandon Fat came in, pitched like shit. 2.2 innings pitched, seven hits, three earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, and he gave up a homer. That was horrible. Joe Mantiply comes in, he gets the win. And just the rest of this bullpen was Fantastic six and two thirds inning pitched from the bullpen. No earned runs, five hits, three walks, seven strikeouts. Perfect. Across six different pitchers. That is fantastic.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a great bullpen effort right there. Um, Orban Burns. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That third inning kind of killed him. Um, you know, out of this game, too, and this is definitely something that we need to talk about, but how about that motherfucking guy, Corbin Carroll? He looks good. He, he's heating back up, He looks man. very good. It's the right time. Yeah, I I, I would say he's probably my best player um, through the wild card games. Either Corbin Carroll or um, Walker at first base. Yeah,
0: Christian Walker looked really good, too.
1: Yeah, they all looked really good. Um and you know, shout out to the Brewers for being the one team that got swept, but the one team that actually looked like they were fighting. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, trying they, to play baseball, they put
0: <laughs> up a fight. Uh, though they blew that three, uh, what three run lead? Was it more?
1: Yeah, no, it was more uh, three, three nothing yeah, three, going into the third inning.
0: Yeah, and immediately they had blown it by the, the end of the
1: fourth. <laughs> yeah, and then and
0: Corbin Carroll in the
1: ninth inning yeah. just. Put his dick on.
0: inside of him. That was yeah. it. And and what a great pickup Paul Saywald's been for the Diamondbacks, coming in, getting the save to close that one out. That was a a big acquisition there early in the season for them. Uh, but yes. let's talk about game two because this one, another just interesting game. Like Zach Gallon yeah. came out was Zach Gallon didn't really have to do too much. He didn't have like a a stellar performance. It was. Pretty simple work. Six innings pitched through 100 pitches. That's like, that's your starter right there. (laughs) And then two runs is tough. Three walks really killed him. Four strikeouts is fine. But being able to go six innings and just be able to rely on the run support because they got the run support. It came early just like the last game. And the four runs in the sixth kind of iced it. Gallon was able to come out. Or Gallon came out, pitched well. They come in after fall. I, I'm all over the place right now. Just. You're good. I need a moment. <laughs> you're good. You're good. They put <laughs> up a run in the fifth. That's what I've been trying to say. They put up a run in the fifth, <laughs> gave Zach Gallon yeah. a little bit of run support. And that way, when he came out, kind of shut it down in the sixth, they came up, put on four runs. They take the lead, and that's all the runs in the game there. It ends five two,
1: and the the bullpen
0: once again looked fantastic for the Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah, I, I think if the Diamondbacks had the Blue Jays manager, it would have been a different story. Because after Zach Gallon's first inning, they probably would have cut him from the team. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> two runs. are You fucking serious? <laughs> what the fuck? But no, he um, you know, gave up the two runs in the first, and then went scoreless his entire rest of the outing. There's yeah. really. Not much. There's literally not a better way to recover. And, you know, the Diamondbacks hitters that once again, they're, they're coming back in these games, man. I I love the fight from this Diamondbacks team. And it it makes you wonder what they'll actually look like if they take the lead first in a game.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, for the Brewers just kind of ending their season here, when it came to these two games, it was bad starting pitching. Freddy Peralta, actually, okay, I'll give Freddy Peralta this. He wasn't that bad. Um just, you know, third time through the lineup didn't look good. I'll give him that. Yeah. But kind of a mixture of like the pitching falling short and the the runners left on base. Game two, they had nine runners left on base. In a game that was this close, you had a lead in this game. Like that's that's one where you the really gotta maker. figure it out. And um this is the Brewers' fourth first round exit in five years. And that's because they didn't even make the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. So that's four straight playoff appearances with a first-round exit.
1: Yeah. Um, Josh Donaldson pissed me off game one. He has no business going two for four. He yep. fucking sucks. Um, Christian Yelich, though. How about him? He yeah, had a really, really great series. Oh, yeah. um, shout out him. And then also, I don't know if you saw this, and I, I think it was in game one, Evan Longoria – had a just an Evan Longoria play at third base yeah. look looked just like him back in the day where he you know I think he jumped up and caught a line drive and then threw the guy out at second base that that was just so cool from like my yeah. my childhood to see
0: it's crazy <laughs> to see him like regularly starting at third
1: base regularly yeah i I struggled to get that one out I could tell it's okay, it's all right, but yeah, you're right um he's I don't know. Maybe not a lot of people give him the credit he deserves. You know, being thirty-seven and still able to, you know, be a very... Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, we're we're both messing up. we the word man. I'm looking for? Uh, serviceable. Yeah, we say that word a lot, and I couldn't remember. But yeah, thirty-seven years old, still a serviceable um, third baseman. I'm struggling, <laughs> dude. We'll we'll get through. This. That was funny. But um, anyway, this was definitely the best series um, out of the wild card. And, you know, the Brewers made it interesting. I'll give it to them. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad that they had to go out. It is. A way.
0: Yeah. Like the, the Brewers, first team in a, quite a few years. I don't, I don't have the year written down, but I can't, can't quite remember what year it was the last time it happened. But uh, first team to have a multi-run lead at home in each of the final two games of a postseason series and lose both by three-plus runs. Mm. tough but good news for the diamondbacks every team that has eliminated the brewers from the playoffs has gone on to play in the world series
1: at least play in the world series wow
0: yes it's happened eight times that the uh the brewers have been eliminated from the playoffs and six of them won the world series wow yeah huh. looks pretty good Baseball's so weird man it is <laughs> very weird so I guess the I D-backs go. are going to the World Series. Congrats. Yeah. I'm going to say I, uh, that so that if they beat the Dodgers and play us, I jinxed them. <laughs> I like it. That's
1: Using his noggin yeah, there. I got a
0: brain. Sometimes it works a little slow, but it's there. Um, Dude, it's right. just
1: speech. Speech is so hard. It is. That's all it is. man. Yeah.
0: Speaking clearly is overrated.
1: <laughs> <It> really is. <laughs> All oh, right. Man.
0: Let's talk Phillies Marlins. It was domination from the start. He really yeah, was. Uh
1: Zach Wheeler, kind of to kick it off. Um, shat on him. Uh actually, was, okay, so he was the one that gave up the run. Yes. Kind of surprised they took him out after just the one run, you know, going into that inning with eight strikeouts. Oh, okay. That would explain it then. Yeah. Um, gotta save your guys in the postseason. But um, yeah, it just for me, it kind of came down to like all the players that I thought were kind of hot on the Marlins. And I, I was really hoping Jazz Chisholm was going to show up. But in game one, really none of them did. Um, Luis Arias yeah. got a hit. Um, Josh Bell was pretty much your offense in this game. Yeah. Which is not good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, despite there not being much offense in this game for the Marlins, like y- you got to throw it down on, on Jazz. And Jorge Soler. Because Josh Bell, going three for four in this game, scoring the sole run, if Jazz didn't strike out twice when Josh Bell was on base, maybe something goes different. And and the same goes for Jorge. Maybe if he gets on base for when Josh Bell got three hits, something goes different. Like, that's a big game changer. And it it just really fucked him over. But for the Phillies, man, you're right. Zach Wheeler, phenomenal. He was just... Absolutely what Zach Wheeler should be. Um yep. and then Trey Turner's back, baby. Yeah, Trey Turner. Trey baby. Turner. Wow. Looking good. And so was Castellanos yep. in this one.
1: Yep, and of then, course. And then, you yeah. know, Harper contributing a little bit with this hit there and uh Alec uh Boehm with the RBI yeah. with one of them. Yeah, Bryce. <laughs> there was <stopped> a couple <laughs> had a
0: solid one too. But uh <laughs> I want to talk about this. Carl Ravich, the ESPN broadcaster who really is not good at calling baseball games. I'm gonna just say that. <laughs> and he calls quite a few of them for him. Um got absolutely blasted by social media because he said Trey Turner learning for the first time what it means to be in a postseason. And He's I, one th- of I them. think <laughs> yes. Okay. He's made forty three playoff appearances in his career. Um, which is an absurd thing to say. I think he meant to say Trey Turner learning for the first time what it means to be in a postseason here, as in in Philadelphia, because in those 43 games, including the World Series victory that he has recorded, he's never played in Philly during the playoffs. I think that's what he meant to say. Yeah. 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 So I think that's what he was meaning when he said that. Because look, Red October, big thing. Crazy, crazy crowd during October for the Phillies. I will give them that. Yes. Do I want to to kick the shit out of them starting on Saturday and hopefully ending a couple of days later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But too bad for Carl Ravitch. Oh, he man. didn't say here. He should have ended his statement there, but everybody got mad at him because of it.
1: Damn. And I Jumping was mad on his in, bat.
0: until I thought about it more. Um, but game two, they really closed it out in, uh, in real good fashion. Aaron Nola. Woo! He was amazing. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, only three strikeouts,
1: which is kind of surprising. And then they pull him after only 88 pitches. Yeah, and I mean, in this game, Jazz Chisholm, first of all, went 0-for-8 in uh, in these two games, which is just not what you want to see um, from him. Uh, Luis Arias didn't even get a hit. Yeah. Yeah, 1-for-8. And Luis Arias was 1-for-8, too. It just all, it really all just collapsed for them. But I mean, the Phillies were a better team and I kind of felt like the Marlins were kind of crawling into the playoffs a little bit too. So it just kind of made sense that it went this way, but I I wish that the Marlins put up more of a fight.
0: Yeah. Tough luck for Braxton Garrett. Took a ball right off the arm from Trey Turner and it went into the outfield and allowed Kyle Schwarber to score a run. That's tough.
1: (laughs) That sucks. Yeah, (laughs) he literally
0: singled off of Braxton Garrett. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Um, yeah, like there's not much else to say. Soto looked bad closing this game out. Um, I'll say that, but you know they were kind of they had some they had a cushion, a seven run cushion going into the ninth, so they were fine. But yeah, Soto didn't close that one out very well. So that's that's no. the uh, that's the wild card round. Relatively underwhelming, would you say? With every yeah, day, with um, every series being a sweep. I would have loved to yeah, watch some I... baseball today.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck that. Now we have to that. wait until like what is it Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. Who who, man? That okay. sucks.
0: Well, before we talk about kind of previewing the divisional series matchups, I want to talk some shit on the scheduling of the divisional series because I hate it. I hate it. Okay. So it starts oh. Saturday. Perfect. Um, What the fuck are, are we thinking doing this? The National League teams and the American League teams both play on Saturday. And then the National League teams just get Sunday off. And the American League teams play on Sunday. So they play two straight games. The National League teams play one game. Then they have a break. And then they play Monday in the same city, not a travel day. They still play in Atlanta and they still play in Los Angeles. But they just have a day off in between. Why? Couldn't tell you. And then, so they'll play Monday, but the AL is off Monday. So they play two games, get a break, play again. That's cool because they're changing cities. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then we're off Tuesday. So now we have gone Saturday, Monday, and then we have to have a travel day on Tuesday. So then we play Wednesday with everybody. So the AL gets to play it as two straight games, day off to travel, two straight games, if needed, day off to travel. Whereas the NL had to play it game, day off, game, day off, game. Why?
1: (laughs) That's pretty ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It makes zero sense. And then the only time they would play back-to-back days would be Wednesday and Thursday, which those games might not even happen because that's game four and five.
1: Wow. Makes no sense whatsoever. MLB postseason, man. Got the wild card. You got this scheduling. What's going it's on? It's
0: because they want to put games on on different days. They want one series to play this day so that you can do like 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. starts or whatever. Okay. 4 p.m., 7 p.m. Well, I I could literally look at it. I don't know why I'm guessing. Um, yeah. <laughs> the AL games on Tuesday will be 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. And the NL games on Monday will be – are 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. It's just a matter of wanting to make money. During the wild card, all the games were by ESPN, so that kind of changes things. But in the divisional series, the NL is on TBS and the AL is on Fox. So it's up to those two to be like, well, I don't want to have to compete with this other network and show my game at the same time as them And kind of vice versa. So I I understand why they do it, but it really inconveniences the National League to
1: have to play every other day. I was gonna say, like, that's another thing is it definitely favors one league more than the other, too, on top of it just being funky.
0: Yeah, playing every other day seems like you'd want to do that. Who wants to play two games in a day or two games in two days? The team that's playing well wants to do that. You lose all momentum. You absolutely fuck your pitching rotation by doing it that way as well. Yeah, it's going to take the same amount of days, but the point of a rotation is that a guy pitches this day, the next guy pitches the next day, the next guy pitches the next day, then you get the day off, or the next guy pitches that next day.
1: Like It's supposed to work correctly, and it doesn't. I'll, I'd I'd be interesting to hear maybe some of the pitchers that are going to be in the in this divisional, um, especially the NL pitchers. Like yeah. I, I I would just like to hear some of their thoughts.
0: Yeah, well, I'd love to tell you who On that it. is, but there's one confirmed starter for the divisional series, and it's Clayton Kershaw, uh, for that opening game for the Dodgers.
1: Nice. It's the
0: only confirmed starting pitcher so far. Um, love me some Kershaw. Yeah, I'm. I can't wait for these series. Let's start Texas Baltimore. I just, I love Baltimore's pitching, man. Luckily for Texas, the rotation's going to turn around. Um, You know, they played on Thursday, or sorry, they played on Tuesday. Series starts Saturday, so they had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to kind of start that, to turn around. I think they'll probably pitch somebody else than, uh, uh, what's his face? Jordan Montgomery. They'll probably pitch whoever the third yep. in the rotation is. So like whoever was gonna pitch game three is probably gonna pitch game one. And then Montgomery, Ivaldi will pitch two and three. Um likely. Maybe they give Iavaldi an extra day of rest because if you know, if they lose one of the first two games and then then game four is on the brink of elimination, something like that. Um But yeah, I think I think they've uh They've got a chance. I just – I love Baltimore, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Hmm. It's tough because, like, I always feel, yeah, Baltimore's a way better team. And they're going in, like, completely fresh. But the Rangers, you know, have played more recently. And yeah. they played well more recently. Um, And I don't know. I kind of – Maybe early on, I kind of favor the Rangers, but I think Baltimore can bring it back. Once Baltimore maybe gets one or two games settled in to, you know, playing baseball again, maybe they can come back and win the series. But I think the Rangers are going to look better early on.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I really need to see Baltimore's rotation and how they have it set up for the series. That's a big deal for me um, because there's certainly the right guys and the wrong guys to, to start certain games in these scenarios for the Orioles. Um, Yeah. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But in my mind, Baltimore's just got so much up and down that lineup. It doesn't fall off anywhere. And it kind of goes the same for Texas, but I will say both teams, I don't trust their bullpens. Felix Bautista is out for the Orioles and, Texas, we knew their blown save streak
1: <laughs> from earlier in the season. I know. So, Rolla Chapman, man.
0: Yeah, that one's hard to trust as well. So, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm looking at like Baltimore 3 1. I think they probably lose one of the early games, but get it done. I'm going to go Baltimore 3 2. Okay. And then Minnesota, Houston. I just I don't know if I trust Minnesota's offense to stay this hot.
1: See, I don't either. Um, you know, going back to it, I think obviously Minnesota—they just played recently and they—they they look really, really good. But the Astros, more so than anybody else in the MLB, I feel like is a team that can expose another team. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm taking it here, and I think the Astros. Uh, I'm going to go three-one Astros, but I I think it could even be a sweep.
0: Yeah, I I'm I, I'll have to see the rotation kind of kind of similar to the Orioles one but with Houston I have to see the rotation to see if it's a sweep if it's going to be yeah. like if it's just going to be straight up like Framber Verlander Javier done deal yeah like yeah Minnesota maybe they score a run on Framber cuz he gives up quite a few hits but that's going to be pretty tough to beat I got to say it is. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. So I think, I think it's a Houston sweep if the, uh, if the rotation's okay. right. And <laughs> what really sucks about the AL playoff games is that because they're starting Saturday and Sunday uh, Fox is showing them on FS one. Oh, because you know, baseball takes the back burner to um, college football. Yep. And obviously the NFL. That's fine. Sunday's fine. I feel like for the, like, what college football games are they actually showing at these times? I gotta, I gotta check. Let's look. Okay. Okay. Maryland, Ohio State. Understandable. Okay, that's it's the only ranked on ranked matchup until eight o'clock when it's Fresno State versus Wyoming.
2: Yeah.
0: Questionable. It's all I afraid. don't know. I personally would like to
1: see baseball kind of take it over, especially postseason.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't I yeah. I one hundred percent understand Maryland, Ohio State, undefeated matchup, big ten matchup, cool. But I don't know. The four forty five game probably could have gone on Fox. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but yep. also it doesn't seem like anybody's buying tickets. Tickets as low as forty four dollars right now in Houston for that game. Oh wow! As opposed to Atlanta, where it's going to cost you one hundred and twenty three dollars to get in the game. I know me Are and Colin. Me, no, uh, me and Colin spent quite a few dollars last year to watch the Phillies. Yeah. Beat us. Um, yeah. Actually, it was Colin. Colin bought the tickets. I can't say we did. I bought the parking pass, but he spent way, way more than I anticipated, and we sat on the in the front row on the third baseline. Um, yeah. Crazy. Appreciate Colin. That was an awesome experience outside of losing and then subsequently losing the series. Um, Shout <laughs> I, Colin. I, I, I just have to say, like, Braves 3-1. I feel forced to
1: say uh, that. I'm going to go Braves 3-2. I think the Phillies can make it closer.
0: Yeah. I, I certainly think so. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to be in that yeah. situation. So I'm going to just trust my boys. Uh, um, and then I think for me, Arizona is a little bit they're – they're a better take than Minnesota, but I don't know if they're better than Texas. Okay. And outside of Zach Gallen, that rotation is not good. No. And that's a problem when you're facing Los Angeles. Yeah. Like I love the bullpen. Yeah. But how much how effective are they gonna be when they come in and they've already given up six runs from the starter?
1: Yeah. I I don't know, man. I'm kinda I'm feeling Arizona in this one, I think. I really am. Yeah. I, there, I, I there, will say are, I,
0: I don't trust the pitching of the Dodgers all that much outside of Kershaw with Urias yeah. out because he's a piece of shit and Walker Bueller still out because he's missing the entire season. I
1: think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go three, two diamondbacks. I'm I'm taking a man. That's going to be my upset. Okay. I, I like how that offense looked in the wild card. I really yeah. do. It's so hard.
0: When it comes to baseball, to like pick an upset, because they play so many fucking games that it's like, okay, is this not enough proof? Like (laughs) when I when I like as somebody that watched a baseball like a bit of every a baseball game every single day that there was baseball on. I watched a lot of baseball, and it tells me that I should just pick the Dodgers, and I should pick the favorite in all of these. I. Yeah, I will say I picked the favorite throughout my entire thing, my entire bracket that I picked. <laughs> yeah, was the favorite every time. Um and it's just cuz I watch <laughs> baseball and it's like, okay, well this team was just better than this team. Why wouldn't they beat him again? Like and it sucks that that's the case, but that's just how I think when it comes to baseball. Like I could take a upset in football 100%. Yeah. Can't do it in yeah. baseball. So I'm going to take the Dodgers um, and I'm gonna take them three two. Wow, you think the Diamondbacks are still gonna force them though? Yeah, I, I think you know we're we're probably if Kershaw's pitching game one, we'll probably see Merrill Kelly pitch game two or game one for Arizona, and that probably pushes because Gallon pitched game two, that pushes Gallon to game three. So if if Arizona can break one. So, Arizona probably loses game one, probably loses game two, wins game three, possibly wins game four as well. And then Dodgers end up winning game five. Like it. All right. That's the NLDS. Hopefully, I'm, it's not as a dud. Yeah. As I'm the excited. Wild card. I, I think these matchups serve for like at least four game series. Yeah. From probably yep. all of them, except
1: maybe Houston, Minnesota.
0: Yep. I think that was the, the odd one out.
1: Minnesota could still maybe do something. I mean, who knows? They look good.
0: Yeah, definitely. They look great. So, um, all right. Let's talk soccer. We're doing it with our feet now. Um, yeah. <laughs> some great matches, oh except they're all on Sunday in the Premier League. Very weird. But, yeah, all the good yeah. matches are on Sunday this week, and it starts 9 a.m.,
1: Brighton versus Liverpool. Fantastic matchup. Yeah, Um Brighton are obviously coming off of that 6-1 loss to Villa yeah. in the Premier League uh, last weekend, and, and then a, a 2-2 draw versus Marseille in the Europa League, so not really looking too good for Brighton. Um, yeah, I mean, their entire team played bad against Villa. The, yeah. the only player yeah. that I really had to highlight was Billy Gilmore. Um, he looked amazing. Um, and Giao Pedro looked good off the bench, and Ansu Fati obviously got the goal off the bench, but... um. In this game, for me, Brighton did two things that they don't really do often. For <clears throat> one, they usually score more goals. And two, they usually concede a lot less goals. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> um, I I don't know how I like that loss going into play Liverpool. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of my, my two cents. But then Liverpool, that Spurs game, man. The two one loss to Tottenham. Yeah. They had two red cards in that game, and there were eleven yellow cards total in that game.
0: Yeah, I I, I think Insane. to me, like Liverpool's gonna come into this game playing with anger. You know, yes, they played a midweek fucking Europa League game with Union Saint I don't know how the fuck you say that. Gillois? Giois? I don't even know what country they're from. Um yeah, they won that game, whatever. This one matters. It's in the Premier League. It, It's against an actual team that exists in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they are so pissed about that fucking offsides call. They've got to be playing with anger for this week
1: alone. Oh man, did you see the um the VAR like uh, oh, audio? Yeah, like transcribed. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, like where the VAR
0: official says, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." You called that a yeah, goal and- on the field? <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah,
1: and they're like, "Oh shit, there's nothing we can do." And yeah. then they're like, "Delay the game, delay the game." Like just crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy,
0: absurd. You
1: gotta have it more figured out, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like you have the fucking head ref being like, "Good call." <laughs> it's crazy. It is is. insane.
1: He didn't know what happened.
0: But despite Brighton's horrible loss, they still averaged the most goals scored per game in the Premier League. You got to give them that. But like I said last week, they don't record clean sheets. They cannot avoid giving up goals. And this time was six last week. They gave up two to Marseille. They gave up one to Chelsea before. They... Gave up one to Bournemouth before that. They gave up three in a loss to AEK AEK Athens. They cannot play whoever... Who is their goalie? Because I know they lost whoever their starter was. Who is their goalie? Jason Steele. Jason Steele. That man needs to be banished. (laughs) Banished. Exiled. (laughs) Whatever it takes for them to just find someone else because he fucking sucks.
2: Yeah, big and uh,
0: yes, the red cards, the suspensions are tough, but Hota and and Curtis Jones are players that this Liverpool lineup can play without.
1: Of of course, big time. So
0: I think they'll be fine. Yes, Cody Gakpo out till the end of October, but Liverpool is going to be fine. I think they take this one three three one
1: because yeah, i mean we know brighton's going to score yeah yeah they're going <laughs> to score but they're um, going to give up goals as well yeah i'm going to i'm going to go 2-1 liverpool yeah
0: i like that yeah yeah like brighton has a goal liverpool. differential of 5 and i think they have one of the highest goals scored in the league jesus yeah it's crazy. Um, they're ridiculous crazy, man crazy shit uh but a uh, second game west ham newcastle the boys up in Newcastle are doing something different. I don't know what the fuck changed, but my boys are rolling right now. Can't explain it. I think the defense is playing a whole lot better. I love the tactics that I'm seeing out of um <laughs> sorry. Out of this team like the the defense playing up the field quite a bit. Kind of showing off that fast and physical aspect of this defense. Fabian Cher taking yep. shots outside the box like he loves to do. Dan Byrne making runs up the left side looks great. Though he's not the fastest, somehow that man can fucking move. That's right? And um it, it's just ahead. this form that we're on right now is ridiculous. It all starts with the midweek draw against Milan. I think that was the turning point for this team. And it's kind of weird to say that a draw was the turning point, but with how bad of form they were on prior, it was huge. That's a good team. They were expected to lose. They get that draw, and all of a sudden, they are just doing their fucking thing. 8-0 over Sheffield United, which we already talked about a little bit. But... Yep. The 1-0 win over Manchester City in the uh, Carabao Cup, I think. EFL Cup, whatever they want to call it. Yes, yep. Um, Yep. And then you get the 2-0 win over Burnley last week. And then PSG comes to St. James Park for the matchup. PSG leading this group with three points with their win over Borussia Dortmund. We have one point from that draw with Milan and we put a four spot on PSG, only give up one goal, and we take lead of the group of death after Milan and Borussia Dortmund draw nil nil. Each team I will say, every team has played pretty good matches though. We have four points, PSG has three points, Milan and Borussia Dortmund both have points. I think Borussia Dortmund has one point. Milan has two. Problem is, Milan hasn't scored a goal yet in these group stages, which we'll talk about more Brutal. in the Champions League part. But back to Newcastle, the form we've been on is ridiculous. The goal scoring is absurd. You, you This is not a team that I expected to be going out and putting up big numbers. I expected hard-fought 1-0 wins, 2-0 wins. <laughs> and to yep. get these kinds of performances against world-class teams with world-class players is a
1: great sign of where we're heading. Hey, that was a good monologue. Thank you. I like that. Um, yeah, they, uh, you know, Newcastle's done a good job with kind of like, you know, their, their defense, I think it's safe to say, hasn't been as strong this season, but they've been able to offset that with much better attacking play than last season. And I, I think that's kind of where, um, where I'm at with Newcastle right now. But on the other side, and that, that West Ham midfield, Grayson, they they figured it out, it, it, and it only took moving uh, Lucas Paqueta out of that midfield, so you could fit in Susek, who's uh, healthy now, Alvarez and James Ward-Prowse. And their last game against uh, Sheffield United was a 2-0 win, and that midfield just looked unstoppable. I mean, yeah. Alvarez... Um, Susek and James Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse coming away with the man of the match in that game. Um, Yeah, West Ham is a tough opponent. West Ham is a really, really tough opponent with this new midfield. Um, But Newcastle just have more... They've proven more to me than West Ham has. So I, I like Newcastle in this one.
0: Yeah, I do as well. And the biggest thing is that you know prior to that PSG match... We saw four straight clean sheets from Nick Pope, who hadn't recorded one since the, I I don't think he had recorded one all season. We had given up a goal in every single game prior to that Milan match, and once again, just a turning point for somebody on this team, and Nick Pope needed it. He was a guy that I thought going into the season, world class by the end of the year is what it would look like. It started off really bad, giving up at least a goal a game, but you give up. You get four straight clean sheets, you know, not not Premier League, two straight in the prem if you want to talk about it. But you're going up against a West Ham team that has done a pretty good job at just putting a couple goals up every game. You're just kind of scoring yeah. enough to win. Outside of that 3-1 loss to Liverpool, which Liverpool was just a better team in, they just put up enough goals to win a lot. I just think that our defense looks so good. Nick Pope is really good right now the form that we're on if we keep it up they're not beating us there's teams that could even on this form there's teams that could beat us and, yeah. and possibly will but i think right not now yeah right now west ham is not at the level that we're playing at right now i i think we end up taking it probably i'm going to go 3-1 is that what you said as well so,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. 3-1, 3-2. Like Look, we, we create like so
0: many chances. We have, we're we're the best in the Prem at creating chances. Uh, 21 big chances created. That's number one. Kieran Trippier is the biggest factor in that. He's created five himself. Um, yeah. And we're also second in goals scored per match. That, I will say, 8-0. Kind of an outlier. Kind of helps us out. Yeah. 2.6 <laughs> goals per match. I'll take it. I don't care how it gets there. Pretty good. Yeah. Yep. All right. And then we also have one more, a top three matchup. All of our matchups today occurring in the top eight, but a top three matchup standalone at 1130 Eastern time on Sunday, Arsenal, Manchester City at Emirates Stadium.
1: I don't know how do we feel about Arsenal with that 2 1 loss to Lens? I think this they're game? gonna
0: get their shit waxed in this fucking game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, you do not you don't want to play City after a game like this.
0: No, I don't I don't think Martinelli's gonna be back. Looks like that injury that Saka went down was is gonna leave him out for at yep. least a little bit. Um Yes, Rodriguez is suspended. So, you know, coming off of their first loss in the Prem this season they're also coming off of a very good victory over leipzig middle of the week for man city.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to I wanted to bring this up with you. Um so they ran a 3-back with their two um CDM's of Rodri but Manuel Akanji not Josh Stones. It's because
0: the center okay, I think so Pep always plays Rodri if he's going to put two CDM's, Rodri's always on the left yep. because when he does this, he's essentially running a a, kind of a two at the back when you look at it with how they actually play. Because Vardial, and I'm pointing at my screen as if you can see it, but you can't, Vardial (laughs) is always going to slide up the left because he likes to play the ball. That's always going to happen. Rodri is going to move more towards the middle because he likes to be that playmaker with options on both sides when he when he lies deep, but he also likes to get up the field. So playing in the center makes more sense because he has more passing outlets if he needs to let it off. Akanji's going to yep. slide back, kind of fill in that spot between Diaz and Walker. So Walker's still going to get to play right back, but Akanji's going to move up occasionally and just make like make a passing lane for Walker, Diaz, or Ederson to get further up the field. Would well, John Stones have not been better at that. Maybe, but Akanji and John Stones are similar, at least speed wise. I I don't know, you know, when it comes down to like their actual ball control and like how well they pass the ball. I don't know who's better because I haven't seen Akanji play that position much and he didn't play outstanding, but he wasn't bad considering he's kind of in a foreign position. Um, so, you know, maybe next time they run John Stones with it, because that's what they did in the Champions League last year, you know, down the stretch, that's where John Stones was playing and he played an integral role in that defense playing at CDM. But um, yeah, I think, you know, if Akanji can do it fine, I think after this one, I'd probably run Stones.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, but. Um, how about the goals off the bench for Man City? Doku and Alvarez both the getting goals. It's just so And both so of them getting
0: an assist on each other's goals. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Dude, they're on the bench planning. They're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. But what they're gonna do. To bring
1: it back to this game, what the fuck happened last week at Wolves? Oh, I know. Did you know with that game that um, Chelsea is now the only team that has won every game unexpected goals because Manchester City lost? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Unbelievable. And we're kind of seeing, like, don't get me wrong, still effective, but Erling Holland is a little bit missing compared to what we saw from him last season. But, you know, luckily with Manchester City, it doesn't even matter. Nope, it doesn't. (laughs) So, but. Oh man. Yeah. It's Arsenal just,
0: City, it's going to be a good game. What I think is outstanding here is that Manchester City had 68% of the possession. That's crazy to me. 68% yeah. of the possession. They got off 23 fucking shots and 8 of them are on target. That's when you're putting up that many shots, 8 isn't that bad. No, not at all. And not at all. Wolves scored two goals with one shot on target. It, it, it's
1: FIFA. It's a FIFA yeah. game, and,
0: and of course, yeah, <laughs> Ruben Diaz own goal. I, I get it, but how fucking crazy is that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just that's it was the Premier League. It just wasn't their day. And Ederson, yeah. tough game. That's game. baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's baseball. That's that's football. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Pep said after this loss. Yeah. Yeah, listen, yeah. John Schneider or whatever the fuck your name was, I can't even remember. I'm sure Pep Guardiola did not go to his press conference after this game and go, "That's football." Yeah. No, fuck no. <laughs> no. And guess what? He lit they up. still have like 30 more games to play. You have none.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> but yeah, look, that that loss seemed like just not Man City. Watch like putting up the shots makes sense, but clinical finishing has kind of been the name of the game for them, especially since the addition of Erling Holland. I think yep. you're definitely missing Kevin De Bruyne. I I think I can confidently say that. But Alvarez was the sole goal scorer in this game and he has been the fill in. So yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it seems like maybe, maybe Holland just needs to like take take a bit of a step back with his role in the attack because, yeah, they got off twenty three shots, and himself, he had what? How many shots did he take? One. He took one shot, Damn. and it was the one. It was on target. Out. Wow. Like, who was even out there taking these shots? <laughs> yeah, Alvarez talk, I mean, took two shots. Foden took what? Wait, what? Did he not take a single shot? I, I guess. Yeah, I guess Foden took one shot and it got blocked. <laughs> Nice. Like, it's crazy. Wow. Doku took three shots. He had one on target, but it's crazy that they he, had that many shots and Holland only had one. Yeah. Like, in what world is Manchester City operating where they're not trying everything in their power to get the ball <laughs> at his feet?
1: Oh, uh, man, I, I don't know. Oh, I mean, you, you have all the talent, you know, elsewhere, but that, that's your guy. That's your striker, right?
0: Yeah. There.
1: Um, It doesn't even matter, you know, with Erling, with Erling Holland's talent, it does not matter who else gets shots on this team, honestly. He, no. He's the guy that should have them all. Um, The rest of the guys are just playmakers who, you know, can score, granted, but Holland needs the bulk of the shots.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yep. But to talk about Arsenal, I'm going to be critical of them, too. Their match against Lenz, with probably the lineup that we see this weekend, was atrocious. Unless Martinelli's back, and he can slide back in at left wing. But with Jesus back, playing well, he scored a goal in this match. Yep. Saka going out early in this match in the 34th minute, when it was already a 1-1 game. That's, uh, once again, tough loss. But the whole defense was so bad, and you only subbed off Zinchenko in the 70th minute. Tomayasu played this whole game. He didn't. He couldn't get anything going on the right side, especially after Saka's injury. It seemed like he had no like communication with um. Sorry, who came in for Saka on the right? Uh, for um, with Fabio, Fabio, Fabio. Yeah. Yeah. And then and it just seemed like they couldn't get anything moving. Saliba and Gabriel just looked so bad. They looked so like open. I don't know what it was with them. They typically are a very good like that kind of mixture of like the fast-paced guy and the physical guy and it works out perfectly almost every time. This time was the
1: exception and it's weird because this is not a good lens team. No, I I think um you know, uh Edward Nikita for um Odegaard too in the eightieth minute. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like yeah. Nikita probably could have gone in for Sokka. I, I feel like I would have given yeah. him more playing time. Or um, even or even Smith Rowe. Yeah. Even Smith Rowe. They just um I, I think this game was a combination of, you know, not playing as well, Sokka getting hurt, and then just the subs here are just brutal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm I, going to be honest. I don't like a lot of the substitutions they even made either. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But, yeah, it just, in Raya, what, is, what was he doing, man? Yeah, they only, sh- Lens had three shots. He had one save, gave up two goals, and one error leading to a goal. Yeah. It's just not good. Like, what are you doing? Like, he wasn't even doing a good job at what he did with the ball after he got it. (laughs) Yeah, accurate passes 36 for 45, 80%. His long balls from the box, four
1: for 13. Ah, you have talented guys to boot it to that can touch it and and you have wonderfully. Physical
0: guys in the midfield that are pretty like tall guy. Like, if you just passed it to Declan Rice every single time, he's probably gonna win the fucking header.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like throwing it up to Julio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear thing. what
0: you need to do there. And instead, he's like, you know what I should do? Just send it over Tomayasu's head.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. But I, I just, I, I'm also laughing at the fact that I just compared Declan Rice to Julio Jones. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, that's it, it's it fits though. It works. Yeah. But um, yeah. I just Arsenal, Arsenal are coming off of a two-one loss to not a very good team. Manchester City beat Leipzig, who are a pretty good team, I yeah. would say. Um, I'm gonna go Manchester City 3 nil. Okay. I'm gonna go well, actually, I don't know. Gabriel Jesus looks good. I'm gonna go three yeah. one city. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go.
0: I'm gonna go two nil city. And uh Holland's gonna get back on track. He's gonna score both. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Julian Alvarez like on tech. one of the assists. Of course. I like making those detailed calls because if they do come like yeah. the Yao Felix one. The la- I will oh never God, beat I... that one. Enzo Fernandez <laughs>
1: to assist Yao Felix and it was the only was goal he scored. Wasn't <laughs> that against the the West Ham game, right?
0: I think so. It was like but it was the only goal that Yao Felix even scored for Chelsea, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it would have been it would have had to have been the <clears throat> West Ham game. Yeah. Uh uh, that ends
2: up pass. Oh my
0: Ridiculous. god, it was beautiful. Um all right. Let's talk. Well, I guess let's talk about the other matchups from this weekend in the Prem. Um, there is a few that were okay. They just weren't as good as these three that I had found. Um but some decent fixtures here. We've got uh Luton versus Spurs at Kenilworth Road. That's gonna be fun. A little Yeah. A little fun for the Spurs fans to go fill out that fucking neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> neighborhood. <laughs> Burnley,
1: Chelsea could be okay. Chelsea should win. Yeah. Hey, yeah. going back to the other game, though, Hellman's son <laughs> looks like his career has been revitalized at yes, Stryker. He, looks he, he, scored, he good. scored against Liverpool. Yeah. 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 He, it seems Great like
0: chance. he was always too big for the wing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Like he seems like a little more of a target man, and he can also kind of yeah. sit back and and play make to the sides. I think it works well uh, for him to Sounds be. Sounds like in the a center. cam
1: would be good for him. Maybe. Oh, cam action! But James Madison has cam unlocked. There, there probably yeah. isn't a better cam in the Premier League right now. True, in my opinion. But well, then again, like you could run like James Madison,
0: kind of playing like on the right, while Hoang Son plays like almost like. The left side, but he plays it as a false nine, and you allow the wingers to come over the top, that might work. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not uh Postacoglu or whatever the fuck his last name is. (laughs) Ange,
1: is what they call him.
2: Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, Burnley Chelsea, I I think Chelsea should win that.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that the Fulham game is our momentum that we needed.
0: Yeah. And the Everton Bournemouth is uh Yeah. I'll give Everton Bournemouth my Premier League two drunk guys punching each other at the game of the week.
1: Again, who can get drunk yeah. the fastest and who's going to not feel the pain? The problem is, is that the Everton fans to- are
0: going to be drunk. I can guarantee you it's that, cat. and they'll, it'll be fast. Yeah. But I think Bournemouth is the one that can can keep their balance enough to –
1: Dude, Let's be honest. This
0: is, gonna, this is a this has got nil nil written all over it.
1: <laughs> it does. They're going to have to like stop serving alcohol like in minute fifteen.
0: Yeah. Of the game. Oh well, they'll all already be blacked out because they've been blacked out <laughs>
1: all fucking
0: week from the loss last week. <laughs> they don't make it. They don't make it into the stadium from
1: the <laughs> <Yeah>. tailgate.
0: <laughs> no. Oh man, they're going out for totally. afters too. Uh, yep. But. Fulham-Sheffield-United. Fulham should probably take that one. Sheffield looks fucking horrible. Uh, yeah,
1: they've been battered by everybody.
0: Man, United-Brentford is, oddly enough, a toss-up. Man, United Could is be, bad yeah. right now. Giving up a They're lot horrible. of fucking goals. Big time. Andre Onano yep. looks like the biggest waste of money, and we look so stupid.
1: Dude, <laughs> I, was, I was so high on yeah, him going into too. the season. Like, I... I genuinely thought, like, yeah, you shouldn't replace De Gea, but Onana might be an upgrade. Yeah, he was so good That, that was kind of where I was. He was. He was phenomenal for Inter Milan. Played, um, I mean, he was in the Champions League final. Was yeah. he not? Did, wasn't Inter Milan in the Champions? Yeah, that's, I almost almost forgot <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> about that. Um, unbelievable, man. Uh, you've also got Crystal
0: Palace, Nottingham Forest. Crystal Palace is going to win that, but Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not excited. I'm not excited to watch that standalone game at 12:30 on Saturday. Oh my god, I know. I know. Um, yeah. And then Sunday, the only game that we didn't talk about was Wolves Aston Villa, which Villa is going to whip the shit out of them. Uh, Villa also, looks great. We've got an international break next week. Ah, uh, boo! Yeah,
1: fucking lame. It's only fun if it's a major tournament.
0: Yeah, but it's just like qualifiers for a major tournament, so. Yeah, yep. I can't wait for this summer when we get to cover the Copa America, the Euros, and all that shit. It's going to be fun. Oh, I know.
1: Yeah, that's um, always like the best time of year.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great.
1: Always. But for now,
0: we can cover a big tournament, the Champions League. Match day two yep. on, uh, what, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. I'd say it went
1: pretty well, personally. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, we
1: uh, Steve, my boys just got to sit back and watch. <laughs> yeah, and they will be all season. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, man, I'm going to bury Manchester United when we get to them. All right, well, let's start at the top.
0: Atletico Madrid, 3-2 over Feyenoord. Much closer than it should have been. I'll definitely say that. Um I do want to talk about the revival of Antoine Griezmann. This guy know, right? has fully done a a one hundred and eighty on his career.
1: Cause yeah, he, he is, went back to
0: his team. Yeah, but like even as soon as he got back from Barcelona, it didn't look great. Now it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, absolutely fantastic.
0: For and like Antoine he's Griezmann. playing much more of like cuz like he he started off as like this super like shifty like crafty winger for Sociedad. and then makes that big time move to Atletico Madrid plays pretty well you know all things considered gets to like a world class level with them yep. and then makes his dream move to Barcelona and is fucking useless they don't want to use him <laughs> they don't use him correctly they keep playing him at striker It doesn't make sense for him in the way they were running that team. They sell him back to Atletico Madrid. Starts kind of coming off the bench, and then just out of nowhere, he has found his spot. He was playing a lot Um, of midfield for France, and I think that has changed his mentality even when he does play striker.
1: Yeah, it, it's a very similar kind of career to, like, Wayne Rooney, I feel like, yeah. and positionally, where, you know, he had not figured out as, like, a, a, a winger at Sociedad, then a striker kind of false nine at Atletico Madrid. Uh, it all went to shit at Barcelona. I, I don't really remember how they were playing him at Barcelona. They were I, playing him like as, a like, a target man. No,
0: they tried to play him as, like, a target man striker
1: a lot of the time. It just doesn't yeah. work. And and it never worked, but and like you said, he started playing midfield with France, and now it's kind of like broadened um, his play style. I feel like, which has been a big contribution to the um, re- revitalization of Antoine Griezmann. I like it. Big so, yeah, and he scored a goal in that's this
0: tough. one. Uh,
1: and Alvara- yeah,
0: Alvaro Morata with a brace. Your former yeah, player. I love that
1: striker duo. By the way, that's yeah. a, that's a nice little duo they have going on.
0: Yeah. Azpilicueta uh,
1: started at center back. Hell yeah. Love it.
0: I don't even know who was playing for oh. Feyenoord. Uh, oh, Hermoso <laughs> scored an own goal. which uh, Say Feyenoord's goals. goalie's name. Uh, Probably Wellen Ruther. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, just, <laughs> I, thought I, could, uh, I thought I could stump him. No, I, that was um I, that was pretty good, I think.
0: I think it's it's probably wow. Wellen Ruther or Wellen Rooter.
1: Yeah, those those and Dutch fans, guys.
0: I would assume he's Dutch. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but hmm. but the own goal kind of fucked him and then uh their center back honko scored the second goal. That doesn't really yep. matter because they lost. Uh, Antwerp, <laughs> to Shakhtar Donetsk, three. I don't fucking care. going be honest. <laughs> I don't. Yeah.
1: I mean, Shakhtar, you know, they've been in the Champions League, yeah. I feel like, a lot. Um, yeah. But they're Way not go, like an effective team. Uh,
0: Daniel O'S Sicken, the striker. I'm sure Chelsea's going to buy him for like $100 million um, probably a year from now, he's 22 Might be too old For um, yeah, yeah. you guys <laughs> to spend that much money But yep. Yeah, a brace in this one He looked great Undeniably good Yeah, two for three on his yep. shots In 30 touches in this game um, Let's see, next match Ah, Borussia Dortmund Nil, Milan nil That's
1: what I like to see mm. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with Milan, but, I mean, they sure are defending well. They're doing great (laughs) in Serie A, like scoring goals. Yep. It just isn't translating. I don't don't know what the issue is. Yeah, and they had a lot of shots. Like, Dortmund had 18 shots, three on target. Milan had 14 shots, two on target.
0: So the defenses certainly weren't fantastic, but they played pretty well. You know, none of them gave up a goal, but they were getting their shots off. Oh yeah, and I like sure. Pulisic on the right. I like it, even though yeah. like they didn't score a goal in this one. Him and Musa and Calabria on the right, I love.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a it's a cool little partnership there.
0: Yeah, because like you can kind of just let Leao kind of do his thing on the left. Yeah, and, and Giroud is you know always going to be an option in the center, but. I like Pulisic on the right with Yunus Musa kind of being his like safety blanket to pass back to when he kind of gets up to the corner. Musa can come back like kind of jump in, get that pass, and then move it back to the middle, uh, kind of restart. Yeah, I think it yeah. works really well. Um, yeah, like just nothing coming out of this. Like Kobel didn't have a good game and goal for Dortmund, but it certainly wasn't his worst. Yeah, I mean a clean sheet's always not, you know, yeah. gonna be the worst performance ever. Um yeah. Mike Magnon did look good though. I'll give him that. Three diving saves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, Milan with a weird midfield. I, I I really I know of um um hang on, let me let me think Eunice of how we Musa? say this name. No, no, the other one on uh, the other side. Uh Poet. Pobega, I would assume. Pobega, yeah. yeah Tomas um Pobega. He's kind of underrated, but I um, I don't really recognize this center mid. Um, I've seen him play with a couple times.
0: Um, not much. He's pretty young, 25. Yeah. I love that back line, though. Yeah. And Eunice Moose is great. 20-year-old American. Awesome. Yeah. It's great to see yep, him yep, yep, yep. getting in the lineup in the Champions League at 20 years old. With as, a, as an too. American soccer fan. That's that's big to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, next game. Lazio 2, Celtic 1. Kind of makes sense. Celtic's just not quite on that level. No, not quite on that level, for sure. Also, I didn't realize, and I don't want this to sound weird or like bad, but I didn't realize how many Asian players were on Celtic. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like they have yeah. what? Hatete... Japanese oh my God. played in this game. Yang, South Korean, played in this game. Uh, for Hashi, started at striker in this game from Japan. And Maeda from Japan as well, at right wing, starting in this game.
1: Wild. There, they had a... Um, there was an Asian player that played for... Yeah, look up... Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, Sun, Suke Nakamura. He is like he could be one of the best Asian players of all time, but that's that's your homework. Is uh, Celtic have always kind of had a connection with um oh, with yeah. Asians? I
0: know who this is.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's ridiculous. He played for like the longest time, I think, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, he
1: played. Well, he played at Celtic for four years.
0: Yeah. But during those four years, man, he was, like,
1: so celebrated. They loved him. Yeah, made 128 appearances, 29 goals as a midfielder. Yeah, here you go. He retired in 2022, um, just last year. He's 45 right now. Yeah, that's crazy. played for a super long time. Yeah,
0: and now he's the coach of Yokohama FC. There
1: you go. Look at that.
0: Pretty cool. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Lazio just it kind of looked pretty good. Um, You get the goal coming off the bench from Pedro Rodriguez late in that game, 90th plus five, just to seal the win. And yep. uh, the early goal from Vecino you know, equalized because Furahashi scored in the 12th. But a hard fought match by Celtic. I don't want to discredit their game because they played well. Just Lazio had a little bit more for him.
1: Yep. All well, it takes sometimes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Barcelona won, Porto nil. Goal comes from uh, Torres, the fifth or forty-fifth plus one. Look at Lamin yeah, bro. Age sixteen, playing in the fucking Champions
1: League is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Starting. Crazy. Could you imagine, Grayson?
0: Yeah. Insane.
1: You're 20 years old right now, four years ago. Could you imagine playing in the fucking Champions League? <laughs> Fuck no, dude. I couldn't even get my homework done. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, man. And how about Gavi with the red card? I feel yeah. like that's a player you don't see no, with red cards. Not much. <clears throat> um, But, yeah, I mean, honestly, looking at this game, Barcelona just had a lot of yellow cards in general. Yeah, and, like, this isn't,
0: like, their best squad they could field. <clears throat> honestly, no, But not at, at all. Got to also shout out another young guy in this lineup, Alex Balde, 19 years old. Played fantastic at left back. Get is fast as yeah. shit. He's, He's rapid. Rapid. He is such a good replacement for Jordi Alba.
1: Yeah, I, I really, like, I, I just love this whole back line <laughs> with Balde, Kunde, um, Orohu and uh, Cancelo. And Terstegan, yeah. of course, in the back. It's just, um, they line up very nice. Yeah. And, like, they have some other guys that
0: can play there as well. Inigo Martinez, fantastic one that could play. Their Andres Christensen isn't horrible. Uh, yeah. He could definitely play there as well.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: But, yeah, for Porto, they're Pe- just not enough to, to defeat this Barcelona team. Yeah, no Pepe.
1: He was doubtful for this game going into it.
0: Oh, for a second I was like, what?
1: Otavio Pepe
0: played, but not the other Pepe. No, no, the the yes, Pepe, the, the Pepe. crazy motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one, 2-2. Two, two. Red Star, Belgrade, and Young Boys.
1: Cool. Uh man. I don't know anything yeah, about I mean, these I, lineups. So. <clears throat> I don't either, but uh, how about Red Star with an 88th-minute equalizer there yeah. to save the game for them? They actually had 20 shots. Whoa. 20 shots and nine on target for Red That's Star, Belgrade. No, this was a... This is actually kind of an underrated game looking at it now. Dang, your throat is giving you all kinds of trouble right there. I'm struggling do. right these, now. These fall allergies fucking suck, yeah, man. I, I'm going to shit on. Um, so Red Star had 20 shots. Young Boys had 18. Damn. Red Star had nine of those shots on target. Young Boys had six. And then the possession was 51-49. That's a Pretty solid game for young boys and red star belgrade
0: yeah fantastic um i just i don't know any of these players it's very hard to commentate on it (laughs) yeah um exactly okay newcastle psg i want to talk a little bit more let's do it if i can actually fucking talk i i hear how i sound and it's not right um (laughs) <laughs> but Miguel Almirón scores in the 17th minute gets started. Dan Byrne making it two in the first half in the 39th minute. And that's what I've needed to see from them is early goals. Putting two together in the first half is huge, especially in a game like this where they started Gonzalo Ramos up top alone with Randall Kulamawani on the left, Usman Dembele on the right and Kylian Mbappe playing relatively alone in the midfield at cam. Yeah. Yep. Czar. makes zero fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> and Marquinhos might have had one of the worst games of his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, Scriniar wasn't too wasn't too far no. behind him either. No, he wasn't. Um
0: thank god they had fucking Lucas Hernandez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but really just kind of the only player. <laughs> yeah. PSP there, but um, yeah, I wanted to bring up something to you. Um, did you watch this game? I didn't. I was at work. Didn't. Okay. Newcastle only had twenty seven percent possession. It's crazy. And that that's um, I don't know. Like I I could you can definitely win with you know twenty seven percent possession. I'm not saying that's like out of the realm, but to score four, that's a little bit different. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. That's what I'm saying with how I
0: like the the tactics I've seen. We're counterattacking a whole lot more. And it's yeah. playing well in our favor because if we can just lock down, because, look, you have four fantastic defenders, and, like, Lascelles doesn't really get in the lineup all that much. He played in this one, <clears throat> and... It worked out. He played great. But you also have Tonali, who is more than willing to sit back as much as he needs to and defend. So you essentially have five great defenders. You have Bruno Guimaraes, who can move all around the field. And Sean Longstaff might have the most hustle I've seen out of any midfielder this season. Like, he is everywhere at all times. It is crazy. Him and Connor Gallagher love to cover the fucking field. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. to see two goals, one from each Dan Byrne and Fabian Scher makes me so happy because Scher didn't just play well with that goal. He was locked down in the back line as well. Especially considering he's facing Ramos and Mbappe coming straight at him over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yep, I know, and I think with uh, PSG, you know, we were talking about it a little bit pre-recording, but, like, they just tried to stuff their offense, I think, a little bit too much, and it took away from the midfield, thus, you know, they lost the game. Um, you know, I think with, um, I-, I hate putting Gonzalo Ramos on the bench, I really do, but I think in this lineup, you he's better off the bench. Um, Kolo Milani should be your striker. Put Mbappe back back out on the wing. Usuman Nimbele is fantastic. His career looks to be completely revitalized um, this season. And, yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of my two senses. I think they tried too hard to field their best players all that kind of play similar positions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's a much better way to approach this squad. Like, yes, you have unlimited resources. But figure out different ways to use them. Like, Kulamuwani and Ramos don't really have to start every game. No. Like, they, no, they have not. to earn their way into this lineup. And so far, I'd say neither of them have.
1: They can alternate. Yeah. You know, I, I, Kulamuwani
0: I is so much more of a natural striker. He plays that position way better than he plays on the left. And, and I get oh, you yeah. have you have Lucas Hernandez support to kind of play like a left wing back in that situation and allow Kolumuwani to move in more central, but he just can't
1: sit that deep. He needs to be up top. Yeah, exactly. It, that not have said it better.
0: All right, ESG just fucked it. Let's get this thing moving. We're already at over two and a half hours, and we still got to do questions time. But Leipzig won, Manchester City three. We already kind of talked about this game pretty in depth. Uh, when previewing for Man City Arsenal. But Ederson just didn't look great in this match. I got to say that no. because Lewis, whoa. What what a yeah, Rico fucking Lewis day from Rico Lewis. He's looked
1: I know. pretty good in the games that we've seen him in this season. So I got to give him his uh, shine. Another center mid that, you know, isn't even Kovacic that can fucking ball out.
0: Yeah. And then Phil Foden coming out, scoring a goal. I love to say, I, I'm a Phil Foden fan. I'll say yeah. that. I like him. Uh, Phil
1: Foden fan.
0: Yes. <laughs> and his, his son's Instagram is awesome. Ronnie? <laughs> Ronnie I haven't Foden. even
1: kept up with
0: it. Erling <laughs> uh, Holland looked decent in this match. though no, he didn't you know, get on the board. He at least was getting shots up on like, their last league match, like Put up six shots in this one, probably just taking out some anger.
1: Yeah, I think there were four off target, two on, which isn't bad.
0: No, it's not, but it's not great. Considering the zones he was shooting from, because one of them was outside the box, one of them from kind of the edge of the box, and then everything else really close, two of them just on horrible angles to be shooting at. Yeah. Which, granted, one of them was on target, but... Easily saved. Hmm. Um, and, and look, Leipzig just didn't have it in this game.
1: No, no, they did not. And it's also Man City.
0: Yeah, so. that that definitely uh, hurts <laughs> you yeah, quite a bit, for sure. Yeah. Also, Nicholas Seywald, Because I watched a little bit of like the highlights from this game. He is a weird looking motherfucker. <laughs> That's all I have Nicholas. to say about him. Seiwald, Seywald. Saywald, right center mid for Leipzig. Oh, huh, okay. I
1: don't know. He just looks I'm a seeing weird. if I can find. Oh yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, something's wow. off. He really hasn't even hasn't even been playing that much either. He barely has any appearances, like in anything.
0: Nice. Well, I'm glad that I'm already making fun of him. All right, let's run through the Tuesday matches because I'm going to be honest, I didn't even see them. I didn't realize that I didn't say them already. Uh, Tuesday, (laughs) we had uh, Sociedad 2, Salzburg 0. We don't need to talk about this match. No. Uh, Oyar Sabal and Mendez uh, score the goals for Sociedad. Don't need to talk about this one either. Uh, Union Berlin 2, Braga 3. It's kind of surprising. It's a surprising result. Union Berlin is very good. Becker is a fantastic striker. Geraldo Becker. um, I can't even remember what country he's from. It's one that I don't typically see the flag for. I know that. Um, (laughs) He's great. Fantastic striker. Um, Yeah, Braga just somehow pulls it out. And then uh, Bayern 2, Copenhagen 1. In Copenhagen, which we talked about this effect of, like, you go to a team like this home stadium, it's gonna be hard. Doesn't matter who it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Copenhagen has one of those, uh, one of those home stadiums for yeah. sure.
0: But then again, it's Bayern Munich. Musiala scores. Yep. He looked great, and uh, Tell scores off the bench. And then Inter Milan won. Benfica nil. Needed that win for Inter. For sure, and yep. uh, yeah, Thuram, the lone goal scorer in the 62nd minute, kind of a late one. And Inter just still running that five at the back.
1: They're probably one of the best at. Yeah, I
0: think they, they love five at the back, two strikers, three midfielders.
1: That is the Inter Milan way.
0: Yeah, wild. Uh, and then Lens yep. two, Arsenal one. We already talked about plenty. Uh, Galatasaray three. Manchester United, too. Go ahead and uh,
1: go ahead and sound off. Yeah, uh, Galatasaray before this game had not won a single game on English soil. That was 117 years of existing. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. These are Ow. Eric Eric Ten Hag is uh, fantastic so far. Yeah, um, great. Manchester United had never lost the two opening uh, Champions League groups until now, and like you know, think of. More so than NFL, these are long-standing records in these teams, because these are old teams, so it just it even furthers how shitty they've been. Manchester United hadn't conceded three-plus goals in three consecutive games since 1978 until, Eric, uh, until Hogg. Manchester United had never lost at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium until Mr. Hogg. Manchester United had never conceded 23 shots in one game at Old Trafford in Premier League history. Until Eric Ten Hag. Manchester United haven't had as few as nine points from the opening seven games since 1989. It's uh, unbelievable. But, yeah, there's just a couple stats I wanted to throw out just to convey how bad they really have been.
0: Yeah, dude, they suck. And Galatasaray showed it very well. Like, Mauro Icardi yeah. had, uh, I think he missed a penalty in this one, but also scored a goal right after, I think. Um, yeah. But
1: Wilfred uh-huh, Zaha, too?
0: Yeah. Wilfred Zaha scoring on his former club. Um, Davidson Sanchez with two assists in this game is kind of crazy. The center back? Yeah. Dang, okay. Very weird, but... I guess I I'll shout out Rasmus Højlund. He looked great. Two goals. He yeah. got them the lead twice in this game. <laughs> Definitely
1: better than Weghorst.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm um, I'm a <laughs> I'm a
1: publicly I'm a public Weghorst hater. Yeah. He was so yep, bad But this launcher. I mean, this Galatasaray team is not bad, you know, with nope. Guys like Dries Mertens, Davidson Sanchez, who you mentioned, uh, Mauro Cardi, Wilfred Zaha—like these are players that like everybody knows that follows soccer. Yeah. And Galatasaray just kind of has like a weird mix of a lot of them, and I'm I'm digging it. What they have going on in yeah, Turkey, dude—they've got
0: tons of guys that I've heard of for a long time. Ndombele, yeah. Uh, Angelino yeah, and Helino at left back. Huh? Um, Torre—was uh, it Torreya? Torreira? Torreira the, Uruguayan oh, the Arsenal midfielder. midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Tons of guys. Um, yeah, Manchester United sucks, and Andre Anato is one of the worst keepers in the world. Yep. All right, Real Madrid 3, Napoli 2. Real Madrid
1: just, whoa. Yeah, Napoli kept it close, but you can't beat Jude Bellingham these days. Nope,
0: so. it's impossible. Good try. A goal and assist in <laughs> this game. Um, wow, dude, just wow. Him and Vinny are one hell of a tandem. And when they they play it like this, where, like, theoretically, Vinny and Rodrigo are the dual strikers and Bellingham's the cam, but it's really Rodrigo and Vinny are the wingers and Bellingham's playing that false nine. It's fucking insane. It's unstoppable. Yes, it is. (laughs) Like, this is... Ridiculous! You don't see the false nine position used in this manner now. No, where where you no, just don't have anybody in front of them. Yeah, it's crazy it's because the whole offense can flow through him, and it has yeah. to for and them to succeed. And it does. He does Every a great job. Game, it's crazy. Uh, like, he's twenty years that, old. Yeah, and like the fact that he's in these games. 20 years old is ridiculous. And like he's out here fucking starting while Luka Modric sits the bench for for 64 minutes <laughs> in this match. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. It's crazy. But, but yeah, it's just unbelievable. Um what they've been able to do with Bellingham and and an own goal wins them the game here, which is crazy. 78th minute, an own goal by the keeper. Wins them this match.
1: I uh, up Napoli, though. They, uh, they played probably the best team in the world really hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say Real Madrid's the best team in the world right now. Yeah. Jude Bellingham just gets them over that hump. Yep. I, think they I don't, agree. They don't need a striker. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> they knew exactly what they were doing, sending him off to Saudi Arabia, Benzema. Yeah, I knew exactly and now he hates it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's perfect. Oh, man. All right, one more. Sevilla two, PSV Eindhoven two. They love the fucking Europa League, man. They are trying I was just so about to fucking say. hard, dude.
1: <laughs> it's 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 funny at this point, man. Jeez. How about PSV though? They scored in the eighty-six and the night in stoppage time.
0: Yeah. To to tie it up. Because
1: what well, it was, yeah, they tied it up one-one in the
0: eighty-six with that penalty from De Jong. And then a minute later, Sevilla takes the lead. And then Teze scores in the 90th plus
1: five. Yeah. And this game was nil-nil for 67 minutes. And then four, or four goals. Damn. Before the end of the game. Unbelievable.
0: All right. That's it for the UCL.
1: Whoa. Hang on. Whoa. What? PSV 26 shots, eight on target, 63% possession. Oh, shit. Over Sevilla, so it wasn't even just like, yeah. They're, I mean, they're tanking. They want that first round draft pick. <laughs> that, that's what it comes down to: is they they want to play in the Europa League that bad?
0: Yeah. Well, it's their best chance Jesus of qualifying Christ. for the Champions League every year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Why try and Especially make the top
0: four in La Liga when you can just win the Europa League every year?
1: <laughs> they have it so figured out, man. They do.
0: All right. <laughs> now we will get into questions time. Luke, I'm going to start it. Go Outside ahead. of Christian McCaffrey, who's the best running back in the NFL so far this season?
1: DeAndre Swift. Ooh, that's a great answer. That's probably Maybe where I I'd go first. I, who, who, who do you think?
0: I don't know. That's why I was asking. I think Bijan's got to be up there. He's had very good performances.
1: I, yeah, for sure, Bijan. Um, I think James
0: Conner has a bid. James Conner's been
1: good. Um, hmm. Byron Williams has looked really good.
0: Yeah, definitely touchdowns for sure.
1: Yeah, I I would go Swift though. I like Swifty.
0: Yeah, let's see who else kind of up there. Tony Pollard's been pretty good, but he had a slow slow two games. Devin Chain certainly showed up uh, these last two weeks.
1: And and Raheem Moster.
0: Yeah, well, Raheem Moster was pretty shit last week
1: yeah he was like nine i think he
0: was seven carries nine yards and his longest run was six yards. Ah, damn <laughs> it was a brutal one um Shit. all right what's your n f l question
1: um who is your favorite current player rivalry who the n f l right now hmm, I have mine I'm
0: trying to think of like some of those like actual rivalries.
1: Can't really think of one right now. Mine is Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: They are hilarious. (laughs) Like Mike Evans, like coming from the bench to like light up Marshawn Lattimore because he said something to
0: Tom Brady. Was sick as fuck last year. It was. Was that last year or two years ago?
1: I think that actually was a couple years ago.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the only one I can really think of right now. Though it doesn't seem like there's a lot of them. I'm trying
1: to man, I had that one in mind. I, like, there but I didn't a, even think of
0: other ones. There was a time when everybody had a rivalry.
1: Okay, let's I'll I'll flip it. All time then. Give me one all time. to Talib, Michael Crabtree. Oh man. Awesome. D- okay. I I honestly think that it was more than disrespectful to rip the chain off. Oh like one. Yeah. Why? why are you Crazy. doing that? Crazy. Why are you doing that, somebody? to Talib's a total cunt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, cool. that's
1: somebody that I've never been able to understand um, yeah. to like. But, yeah, how about Odell versus Josh Norman?
0: Yeah, or Odell versus that kicking net. Yeah. Yeah. All right, baseball. Man. What wild card result was most surprising to you?
1: like the twins
2: is the elephant in the room here but mm, a really good question
1: maybe I, I would say the Brewers they had the lead in both of the games and yeah. still got swept so I, I, I would say the Brewers
0: yeah I'm kind of in the same boat like the Brewers surprised me just from actually watching the games but going into them I think the result the twins surprised me the most
1: And then I'm going to, you know, obviously keep it with MLB and I'm going to keep it with the twins. This one's kind of broad, but like, what do you think of the twins right now? I think they're good, but
0: there's like, there's much more consistency to be desired in that lineup. Like they're not a world series team. I don't, I don't see that happening. There's just not enough in that lineup for me to think that way. They have some pretty good starting pitching bullpen. Isn't perfect. That's another issue. So, like, those two things going together just doesn't bode well for them. But, like, the guys that are good are great. I'll give them that. Like, when Carlos Correa is on, it's awesome. When Byron Buxton's on, it's great. Like, Royce Lewis has been awesome. The starting pitching has been fantastic. Yep. But they just, they're missing a couple of those pieces that create, like, those 90-plus win teams. Yep. Yep. Okay, I like that one. All right. My soccer question because the false confidence is quickly rushing back into me. <laughs> can Newcastle actually make the knockout stage and be competitive?
1: Yeah, they can for sure okay. make the knockout stage. Yeah. Okay. It's very possible, especially if AC Milan's not scoring. That's true. Um, And Dortmund's not pl- winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not showing up. Yeah. Um, well, shit, you asked me a Newcastle question, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scratch mine. But mine was going to be, has Almiron earned his spot back? Kind of. Just, just say yes or no. That's oh, the kinda. answer. Kinda. Okay, kind of. Um, I saw this cool comparison the other day, and I didn't think about it. Um, Musiala, Bayern's Cam. Is he Kaka reincarnated?
0: I do like that comparison. I think he is.
1: Very like similar play styles. Because yeah. Kaka was a cam who, instead of, you know, kind of stopping the play and looking for a pass, Kaka would just dribble straight at you. Yeah. And just, you know, try to run around you and find passes. And I think Musiala is, you know, super similar. They also both can score very well for midfielders. Um, Yeah, I like that comparison. But, um, so you agree with it.
0: Yeah, I, I think his goal scoring capabilities aren't quite there. He's not quite. There, but also he's 20 years old. So, yeah, I think that that kind of stuff comes with time. The confidence to go at a defender 1v1 entirely and just work around them like that takes a lot of work. Mercer Neymar, uh, yeah, but (laughs) yeah, at 20 years old, he's certainly on the pace to be pretty similar to Kaka, I think. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, I think that does it for us, guys. This was a fucking long one, almost three hours. Yeah, we Marathon. spent way more time on the MLB than I anticipated, um, but I enjoyed every second of it. It was I loved great. it. Great. Um, so loved that was it. a that was a fantastic time. I hope you guys had a great time. Make sure that if you did, you leave a like, you comment, subscribe on YouTube. You go over to the the socials right down here that me and Luke are pointing at, and you follow us: IG, TikTok, Twitter. Join the Reddit. And then uh, if you're listening on the podcast platform, follow, rate five stars. And then uh, as well, go to those links and uh, follow us on yes. all the socials. Um, appreciate the feedback. Very good uh, very good feedback on the uh, Michael Penix clip. Um, I do actually believe that he's going to win Heisman. So don't think I'm just oh, lying rid- for the views. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Absolutely insane. Um, all right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us. Luke, anything for the people? Um. Nah, man. I think we can get out of here. All right, guys. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Enjoy the football. Peace.